there, and welcome to this very special edition of WANK, the weekly AEW news kick. We've lied a little bit in our name as we've missed two episodes, missed two weeks of Dynamite. We had some various production issues, but we're back for this review of Double or Nothing, the pay-per-view. My first pay-per-view review, as I wasn't here for, for Revolution. I am joined by the man who filled in for me as lead host at Revolution. Never fear, I am here to relieve you of that duty, Patrick. How are you doing? I'm very relieved. Relieved. Thank you. <laughs> relieved. Thank, thank you. See, that's a German thing because we cannot say TH properly because we are disabled Mongol linguists. Okay, cool. <laughs> linguists. Oh, yes, we, we are. If this was if this was a regular episode of, uh, of yeah, our, the our episode name would be Mongol linguists. Mongo, Mongo linguists straight <laughs> yeah. off. But alas. I can do it next episode again. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep saying Mongo linguists. Mongo linguists. Um, and we are we, we are joined by my favourite Mong, Jack Griffith. <laughs> Jack. Cheers, mate. Not not the one that's late today. Not the one that's late. So you shut know. Shut up. Shut up. No. I, I was crawling not. around in the dirt, not literally in the dirt, in the dust, because my house is a shithole. <laughs> I'm in the dust on the floor looking for my headset. So, you know, almost gave myself indigestion, scarfing down hot hot chili as well to get here. And I'm another the one monk. bites the dust. Yeah. Um, yeah. We. Uh, as I mentioned, we had a few production issues. Don't blame Jack. Um, I mean, I'm going to blame Jack. I blame Jack for everything. He's the me too he's because the, he's a ginger. He's so yes, he's 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 nature's fool guy. They've you know they they've marked him for a reason with that shade of hair. And this sound a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit I have no words. I have no words. <laughs> yeah, no, and he, he doesn't have the gold, so that's the problem. Also, oh no, then he must be Irish to have the gold. Then as a ginger, oh, okay. I, I think I, I'm pretty sure my fat. Well, I'm an eighth Irish. I'm pretty sure Dad's a quarter Irish, and then that makes my granddad a half Irish. So you know, that's where the ginger. A comes half. From. In the end, you're all Germans. That's the most important thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's steer the conversation away from ethnic things and uh, and on to. I mean, should we launch straight into the pay per view review, or should? Let's do it. Yes, this is our first well my first pay-per-view review and the first match on the card was actually we, well the buy-in was first and we had yes, Serena Deep versus Riho that was fantastic wasn't it Patrick why didn't you you seem eager to talk about it give us a give us a quick rundown on the match as best as you can remember it as best as I can remember I can just remember it was good it was like the the uh how it pretty much started so I, I think first of all what we need to say how like the pay-per-view started I think that's what we've all been overwhelmed with was the presence of a crowd of a full crowd that was energetic and just was all in from the first oh, second on great. so when great. they when they got to the ring they were like everyone was going wild already and then uh, pretty much to the beginning um, Rio wanted to have a handshake with Serena Deep and uh, she refused that wanted to be the heel in this in this match and yeah that's what it got going like in the end I, I, it, was like a, it was like a fight yeah. who gets to be here wasn't it yeah it, yeah serena started working the match here over the course of it yeah right and then yeah it finished with a really nice uh 
Serenity Lock from uh, from Serena Deep, where she uh, finished the match with with her trademark uh, submission move. So I really I, I, this time also, guys, we don't have a rundown because it's just literally too much. Otherwise, you would be listening to. So we take two hours for a regular dynamite. So it's like four or five hours of podcast. We just want to spare your time with that. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, but it was just, a great opener. Really, like perfect. I usually watch dynamite. Uh, if I watch Dynamite live, I'll watch it again uh, to take notes. So I usually watch Dynamite twice. And seeing as Dynamite is two hours, that wouldn't that makes four hours. That's not too hard for me. But um, as this was a four four and a half, including uh, the match on the buy-in, four and a half hour pay-per-view, um, nine hours seemed like a little bit much. So I didn't uh, unfortunately don't have my play-by-play for this one. But no, just to build on what you were saying, this this ma- this was incredible. I can't believe they gave this away on the on the on the buy-in. I mean. Obviously, that's what they were going for, so that the crowd would be hot. You know, I think the crowd were going to be hot regardless because it's the first one back. But you know, they want to double make sure by having uh, having just an absolute blind of a match on the pre-show. Um, yeah, no, Serena Deeb did something. She's so, she's so good. She is so so good. She did something I never, I don't think I've ever seen before, which was like an inverted dragon screw or something like that during the match. Um, oh yeah, right. That, that looked really interesting. Yeah, <laughs> you can see leg- that she's a yoga instructor. Definitely. Yeah. During her leg targeting of Riho, obviously to lock her up for Serenity Rollock. So that was good. The storytelling it was so good. I mean, I haven't been the biggest fan of Riho or Hikaru Shida. Um, just purely from a point of, you know, when when they first came to AEW, I hadn't gotten into Joshi wrestling as much as I have now. Um, and watching them, I was thinking, oh, I, I just don't, it's not really clicking with me. Maybe I'm just not into the Joshi style. And then I went and watched Joshi. I've got into TJPW. I've got into stardom. I'm like, nope, it's just, I don't think they're the best representation of, you know, there's people like... Um, Miyu Yamashita, obviously Julia right now, Mayu Itani, of course. Um, uh, oh, even Shoko Nakajima, who showed up at Daddy's Place, who showed up at uh, Fight for the Fallen uh, the, last year or the year before, year before now. God. Um, yeah, that I think are better. You know, there's there, there are better people who could represent the Joshi style. But anyway, I've digressed a bit. I'm not the biggest fan of Riho for those reasons, but she is very flexible and she's very good at getting yeeted around. She's very good at selling. So when you put someone like that in a match with Serena Deeb, who's just an absolute technical wizard, this was a nine out of 10 match for me. This was fantastic. Four, four, four and a half stars for sure. Jack, what were your thoughts on the, on the opener? Yeah. Loved it. Pre-opener. Yeah. Pre, pre opener. Um, yeah, pretty much to echo what you guys have said. Crowd were, were hot. This, this was the first, time we'd seen an aw full capacity crowd at daily's place for however long it's been um but nah this was this was awesome for me it was it was two wrestlers i like personally we know they'd put on a really good match against each other for the the eliminator tournament that they did for the women's title shot and i think because that went down so well with the crowd this is what made this such an easy um easily lovable match Obviously, result-wise, I think everyone knew what the result was going to be. But no, this did not stop, you know, the match being such a, as Tom said, such a showstopper and arguably, you know, for the buy-in, better... Sorry, someone beeping outside. Uh, <laughs> for the... Rude! <laughs> for, the, for the buy-in, um, yeah, sometime... Well, rephrase that, delete that, James, where I said sometimes. 
arguably better than some of the matches on the actual pay-per-view card. So to give that away for free is just, you know, praise you, Tony Khan. I mean, with one match in particular on the pay-per-view card, I don't think it's arguable that this was better than some of the matches on the card. However, I would say that as a match, as a wrestling match, it was better than most matches on the card. That's not to say that double or nothing it peaked here obviously because there's a lot of factors in what makes a great match obviously but as far as like a technical wrestling match is concerned this you know was was one of the best for sure but let's go on to the actual show exciting uh first up we had hangman adam page versus brian cage battle of the rhyming surnames um this blew me away this stole the show i thought well i mean it's hard to say it stole the show it's the opener but um this was awesome. Uh, I, I rewatched it again today because um, I was going to rewatch the whole thing to take notes, but I was like, "No, nah, fuck it." Um, but talking about you know doing stuff you've never seen before, Brian Cage hit a um, one arm neck breaker, which was another thing I've never seen before in this match. So um, you know he was coming up with those high jumping knees. Uh, it was a lot of back and forth. They were stealing each other's finishers. Um, you know, Brian Cage went for the buckshot at one point. I'm pretty sure has has uh, has Brian Cage got like an F5 sort of finisher, F5 esque finisher. That because if he does, I swear I've seen him do it before. And if he does, then I think Hangman Page might have stolen it and done an Avalanche version of it as well. Um, either way, crazy stuff, crazy stuff. Jack, I'll come to you first. Yeah, again, <laughs> I think we'll say this for a lot of matches, but loved it, loved this, especially because, and I'm pretty sure you know if you go back to listen to an old episode of our podcast. Uh, we did have criticisms for this because, you know, we knew what the result was going to be and, you know, it didn't seem like... Yeah, a, I said it was straight up 50-50 book yeah. that we are going to do, which is... Um, and it didn't seem great. really too much like a... Maybe, maybe it did seem like a pay-per-view match, but because we'd already seen it on Dynamite, it was a bit kind of like, you know, oh, taking up a space on a pay-per-view just to have Hangman win, like, what's the point? But for me as well as how good quality-wise the wrestling was. Uh, Brian Cage has easily been one of my standout wrestlers, you know, re- in recent time. You know, I've, I've really enjoyed watching him. I love to see how a man so big can be so agile. I said that to Tom whilst watching it. I thought agility-wise, it's amazing how he can do some of his moves, especially where a lot of wrestlers similar to, similar to him, being big lads, um, you know, struggle to move so elegantly in the um, squared circle. But... Um, but no, for, for this, as well as the quality of wrestling, I thought storyline-wise, really good. Definitely, um, you know, hasn't put a stop to where they're trying to go. This a lot of, obviously, pay-per-view matches are just to put a full stop at the end of, you know, whatever feud it is and to start afresh for the the next Dynamite that's happening on Friday. But this one, if anything, has moved the storyline on further. It's kind of, you know... Um, Page is working his way up. He's got his, you know, he's beaten Cage. Now he's going to climb back up the rankings where he's fallen. Of course, the dynamics with Cage and the rest of the team to have as well. Well, no, no that, that's just what I was going to say next, Tom. So cheers. So, sorry, cut, the, cut, cut out me interrupting, Jack. <laughs> um, but yeah, so as well as obviously the moving Hangman Page storyline to climb the table, to climb the, the leaderboard. Um, Brian Cage, the the storyline between Taz, we've seen um, we've seen some, you know, fragments start to come loose in the the bond between. Cage and Teen Taz, and this moved it further with um, Ricky Starks and Hobbs wanting him to pull a dirty and you know win win heelishly. Um, but Brian Cage was better than that, and that's you know in uh, a big step forward in seeing uh, maybe 
maybe babyface, maybe tweener, Brian Cage come through. Um, and I, I'm here for it. I could definitely see him being a really good face um, for AEW. And, uh, and I think that might do do him better in having a title push. Maybe TNT. I mean, I know he's had a world title I match for, but I think... that fucking FTW title, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. When was the last time we saw a defense of that that wasn't against someone just to have a squash against um but no, loved it. Um, I've spoken enough about it there, so I'll pass over to my beautiful German friend, Patrick, to speak further. That's my job. Uh, okay, you, you may speak. <laughs> Thank you. What a nice introduction. Thank you. No, but it sounds like... Okay, <clears throat> coming back to the match. What a banger. That's just... When I, when I watched it, was like... Uh, yes yes more of this can we please like because everything fitted the the match was like jack also said before we saw that on dynamite before like yeah now pay-per-view match but they showed the difference between a tv and pay-per-view match perfectly in this match the crowd was so hot and it, there was such awesome like i was just buzzing when i was watching it my my heart was bleeding at goosebumps i was like i want to be there i cannot wait for aw to tour that we can all watch it together live in an arena because this this is what i missed about wrestling so much and uh yeah also the end of the match is what i really liked that um Team Des came out to interrupt, but in the end they just interrupted more Brian Cage because he said, I want to finish it myself. And then they fucked it up for him. Very good storytelling. Really looking forward to if he can uh, yeah, split up from the group, be on, on his own, maybe become a member of the Dark Order. I don't know. <laughs> but be a, be a team uh, together with Adam Page, whatever they're thinking of doing with him. But uh, yeah, he surprised me. or They surprised me a lot with that match. So great match. Oh no, yeah, for sure. Um, as I say, just to cap it off, reiterate one of the, you know, we're talking about the Riho Serena Deed match being one of the like purest, best, just wrestling matches of the night. Uh, you know, this match is a contender as well, for sure. Um, yeah, loved it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next up was the tag match, correct? And I have notes in front of me today, so I think it was uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston versus the Young Bucks. Uh, what did we think about this, Patrick? Let's come to Patrick first. Another banger match, I have to say, because it was so, like, storytelling-wise, it was so uh, emotional also. So, first of all, uh, when uh, Mox and Eddie came to the ring, to the music, and everyone was singing along, you could feel and see that they're connecting with the crowd, that they're enjoying it, and you could really see it. I read it also so many times on Reddit afterwards. You could see that... Eddie was just so happy from the response because he wasn't on such a big crowd like I think ever in his career. And this yeah. is the first time since he's now like for a year in AW or so that he gets a crowd reaction. Everyone loves him. You could see that he was enjoying it so much after all these years or I don't know, all the, all the hustling he had to do to get to a point like this. That was just so so wholesome also, so like heartwarming. Um, and the match in also like the Bucks were perfect heelish posh pricks i love that so much i love to hate them um and also the interruption which came from luke gallows and carl anderson that it was interrupted by frankie kazarian and uh, oh my god what, i popped for that that was awesome yeah that that was really great and uh yeah they just it was just like it's so good well made together and also that uh john moxley took three or four bte triggers in the end to be beaten that was just so good this showed again like yeah, you know, I'm not a big Mox fan. Or I said it before that I wasn't the biggest Mox fan when he was the champ. But now since he's with Eddie Kingston together, I just 
can say, I love these guys. I want to see more of them because it's just such a perfect chemistry. Yeah. Um, well, it was, uh, to bring it back to what you said there about uh, Eddie Kingston, his reaction to the crowd, just um, back to the previous match with Hangman, he looked really emotional as well when he came out to that response. Um, and yeah, the crowd, the crowd deserves so much credit for this thing because you're talking about when Kazarian came out that's the sort of thing that happens on Dynamite or something you're like oh cool Kazarian's coming out do you know what I mean but when he came out you know these people who are maybe not the main eventers get you know getting huge pops that's what I've missed about you know the live crowds is you know people are invested you know it's easier it's it's a it's a kind of positive cycle it's easier for you to get invested when you hear other people popping and getting invested and then you get more invested and then you go to the show and you react and etc etc do you know what i mean so um there's just that kind of buzz um but for the match itself yeah no it was it was fantastic um epic feel to it uh especially with kind of the beat downs um that that were going on in it and and as you say the the BT triggers at the end I don't think it was so much um I think there was a little bit of like this is how how many BT triggers it will take to keep down John Moxley but also I think there was a little bit of like a kind of new japan super finisher kind of element to it where they're just like let's just you know BTE trigger him this many because they obviously didn't pin him between the BTE triggers so it was a little bit about like let's just you know game over let's just doing this mofo so I think there was a bit of kind of cocky bucks overkill to it as well because obviously they didn't let go of the arms we couldn't collapse until they did um but yeah Jack what were your thoughts on this one yeah uh, first thing I want to say to go back to your point about the crowd and how um they're obviously you know cheering on for the the mid-card kind of wrestlers as such. One of the key ones, and obviously we'll talk about the match in more detail when we come to it, but for me, and I saw it on Twitter afterwards, was Eve Luno in the Battle Royale. Now, he is a wrestler, obviously, with Dark Order. He's not even, obviously, you know, you'd probably say the most over in the Dark Order, but he came out and there was a big pop for him. And I, I noticed it by, I think he mentioned on his Twitter about it, saying um, the fans love Eve Luno or something, or AEW is Eve Luno, something like that. And it's just... Just to yeah, just to echo what you say, Tom. The fact that you know, we it was great. AEW gave us the wrestling, and the, you know, Impact and New Japan gave us the wrestling in these COVID times. But you know, that is one of the things you miss. Obviously, with the fake crowd noise or whatever, they you know, when it's the big the the big wrestlers, the big name stars. Obviously, you know, you feel it's a big deal. But like when you said Frankie Zarian coming out in a normal, if that was say a year ago is double or nothing or even like you said dynamite it wouldn't have felt as big a deal but because obviously with the crowd it's like you know it's it's a massive thing and it is for the storyline you know it'll be interesting to see you know where it goes from there um and i'm looking forward to seeing that happen more maybe maybe it'll be easier for a lot of wrestlers not to feel so underutilized when we yeah. have this crowd back because I, I i think even when dark matches come back and i i've been watching a couple today and um from yeah it was dark elevation last night and i've only watched what ones did i watch um just watched red velvet and big swole versus nyla rose and the bunny which you know in front of a crowd is so much better than watching it with no crowd i'll tell you that um it's just it's just so it adds a lot and we'll say it so many more times in the podcast um but the fans really were 
the the highlight of the night is just thank god you're back and i can't wait to see aw in other arenas as well um but yes the match <laughs> let's talk say about... about the crowd there oh. instant feedback that's what that's what's good about it it's yeah i think i think we'll see and don't get me wrong i've liked the pandemic era of uh of of dynamite in relation maybe to how other promotions have handled it but they are at their best. Uh, AEW were always, you know, there was this. There's this attitude in WWE that we'll you'll like what we'll tell you to like, and mm. you know when, it, and fans have to be really, really, really hard to ignore for them to change plans on stuff like the Daniel Bryan thing at WrestleMania 30. But AEW always, sometimes to their detriment, but they were always the fan service people. Do you know what I mean? And they were saying from the beginning, we're listening to fans and and. Um, and that's been really hard for them to do without the instant feedback of a live crowd. It's mm. been really hard for them to listen to fans. So, you know, they, it, I guess they've had, you know, that there has been some misses, hasn't there? You will, you will oh, agree. Yeah. I mean, we do this podcast and we've criticized a lot of stuff. Um, and I do think when I look back on, on the live crowds before the pandemic, there were less, um, less swings and misses other than, Let's say the nightmare, nightmare collective. Um, who remembers that? Unfortunately, <laughs> we we all remember that. Um, but other than that, there weren't a lot of there weren't a lot of. Do you know what I mean? There weren't, there weren't, I, I, there weren't yeah. a lot of, of of shit moments, and um, there has been a higher ratio. As I say, it's still been great during the pandemic. There has been a higher ratio of it, and it's not entirely their fault because they haven't had that. They haven't had that instant feedback from the crowd. Like like I said, with the nightmare collective, the crowd reaction to that was very much what the fuck. Uh, yeah. like, I think they even chanted, "What was that?" Didn't they? The crowd, <laughs> like, "What was that?" Yeah, what was that? Um, so yeah, uh, and that's that's the greatest strength for the crowd. Well, the second greatest strength for the crowd after just making the atmosphere absolutely electric. Sorry, you were going to go on and talk about the match itself. Yeah, um, and that reminds me to mention when it comes to battle royale, one of the key things of the night where I think the crowd were involved. So. If one of you can remind me of that, that'd be great. Um, yes, match. Loved it. Um, one of the key things for me that made it such a good match was the the clash of styles. Um, and yeah, that that was one of the things that I loved. The, you know, the brutalness of Moxon and Kingston, the kind of, I guess, fuck-like attitude sort of thing. You know, the kind of punk in a way. Um, and yeah, then the, the, heel, the, the heels and Bucks being over the top, you know. Heels, basically, and being Um And, you know, this was really nice to see, and I'm sure they'll be loving it backstage well when they're talking about, you know, the pay-per-view, how much the crowd disliked Bucks when they came out. Like, the yeah. boos were, you know, loud. They were really loud. Um, yeah, some really good spots in this match. I like how long it went on. Um, again, another match like Cage Page where you already knew, and, well, sorry, and yeah, all the matches so far, Um you, you knew the result of the match before, you know, coming in. But that's what AEW does so well, especially with their pay-per-views. You know, disbelief, you know, feeling like Mox and Kingston could actually do this. And they did that quite a few times. Like the never, day, never say die attitude of both wrestlers really shone. And um, yeah, and again, it kind of, you know, a heelish sort of finish um, leaves it a bit open. Doesn't kind of dampen Mox and Kingston. Doesn't bring their, you know, they're kind of, 
what would you say? I don't know, like rating. They're, they're kind of level down. It doesn't lessen them um, to kind of think Bucks are better than them. Was it? Was it the cold spray he clocked them with? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and then you saw Mox blade. Yeah, I was. I, I we, I, me and Jack were watching it together. Um, first time in a quite a long time. Naked. We watched pay per view together. Naked. Yeah, with our uh, just our snacks covering our bits. Have that as your mental image. <laughs> Covered in nacho cheese. All W A N K. W A N K. Twenty twenty two nude calendar coming soon. <laughs> oh. We should do that. Um, no, don't, don't give me ideas. Don't give me ideas. That's the kind of thing. James, you're getting involved too. <laughs> do the little finger on the mouth, kind of looking over the shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be on, on a glacier, on a horse, at, at the volcano directly. At the volcano. <laughs> well, you've got to get in the mood, Patrick. You know, you've got to go to the volcano. It's always hot there, mood. so. <laughs> <laughs> no one will question the nakedness. Yeah, well, some people might. Um, <laughs> but yes. Uh, what were we talking about before I started picturing Patrick <laughs> naked on a horse? Well, we're watching it. To, we're watching it together. <laughs> watching it together. Uh. Um, yeah, and and we were talking about the. I was talking about the blade job. Um, I was looking for him going to a wrist tape. Um, like I was looking for him reaching for a blade as soon as he got hit with that can, and I didn't see it. And then I realised that I had got the blade out before he got hit because you see him run his hand across his forehead. Um, I didn't see where he's good at it. He's good at it because I didn't notice to begin with until I, you know, look closer and um I didn't see what he did with the blade where he passed it to Rick Knox or, you know, put it away. So but yeah, um got some nice colour. Surprised he probably didn't blade after that indie taker on the uh on the on the ramp, because that was brutal. Um but yeah, I've seen some people criticizing Rick Knox's referee in I saw that. But I think at this point you've just got to accept this is AEW style like and you know obviously the lucha lucha rules they have i think they're slightly lucha inspired um in AEW but like the lucha the lucha libre style of tag wrestling is very kind of loose referee and it's someone comes in the, there's not even tags is there in in a lot of lucha tag matches it's someone comes in the ring and the other person leaves that means they're in um rather than actually a physical tag and like New Japan Pro Wrestling, I feel I feel people who have problems with uh, referees using discretion haven't seen a lot of New Japan Pro Wrestling because you could literally like murder somebody before Red Shoes calls for the bell. You know, um, you know they're getting out, you know, putting people through all sorts, you know, and and you know chucking them into chairs in the ringside, and they're just like, hmm, yeah, referees discretion, letting it go on. So um, I think people just have to accept this is AEW style, just like they accept it's New Japan style, just like they accept it when it's Triple A. You know. Um, stop coming at it from such a WWE-centric view is what I would say. Uh, also, did you see that people are thinking that the Young Bucks are, are, are copying Seth Rollins's outfits? <laughs> Have you seen that? Yeah, n- not only this, they also wanted to do like the... Like taking the Yeah, but they also wanted to do the shield finisher on Moxley. Really? And then it got interrupted. Yeah, yeah. He he even did like Roman Reigns, like ooh. And then yes, they want to do the, the power bomb. Yes, that's why it was. Oh, now it they want to do the power bomb like this on Moxley, and then uh, they got interrupted by Eddie Kingston. There was just these little mosaics in in the match. Like ah, oh, it was so great. And also, uh, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. They're doing like they were the superpowers. Also, like yeah, that was just great. I love it when they do that though, because it's like it doesn't. You don't have to, like for me, know it as much kind of thing, but it's like a little nod to you guys, you know, who 
We'll recognise you, you old fuckers. Know. You old fuckers. Um, but it I'm is not like, that old. I didn't watch the super the the uh, super. No, but you you know better than me. I have, you... when I, I have when I yeah I I have actually I was actually watching WCW today. I actually did watch a Hulk Hogan <laughs> versus Randy Savage match today. So shut my mouth. But but that's why they're so good, Bucks, because you know they give a nod to like you know OG fans, the ones that would know. But it also for me doesn't ruin the match and make me feel like you know I had to know what was going on there to be more like immersed in the match do you know what I mean yeah um but yeah I think we talked quite a lot about it now but uh yeah no fantastic match absolutely fantastic match next up was the casino battle well after two three even including the buy-in um ones there was maybe some not so I mean I Patrick you told me you like the casino battle royale because that's what's up next so we'll let you start and and be really positive even though you started on the last one um yeah first off I will say the surprise entrant was not Daniel Bryan as or Samoa Joe as people you were so when we were watching it you were so like no because it started off you thought you were like dreaming obviously Daniel Bryan you were convincing yourself it might be no no but then it was very clear that yeah go on (laughs) But then I told you that I saw something on Reddit saying it might be Paul White. And then throughout the, <laughs> throughout the whole match, you were saying, oh, it's going to be fucking Paul White and it's going to be fucking Paul White. And I said, I said, Tom, if he wasn't announced at Revolution as part of AEW, and then this was a whole new thing, and Paul White didn't yeah. exist in the AWL, and he just came in, you would shit your pants. But you yeah, were so, so, like, didn't want it to be Paul White. You are like, it's going to be Paul White. It's going to be Paul White. <laughs> so, yeah, Paul White was announced as commentator for this Casino Battle Royale match and that seemed really odd to me that he'd just come out just for this match right just to commentate this match and I as soon as he came out to commentate for it I was look I was analyzing his suit wasn't I Jack I was trying to look for ring yeah. gear under the suit I was like because it would be so it would be very WWE in fact but it would be so just I could see them doing it how it's 21 and then no one comes out and then his music hits and he stands up at the booth and starts taking his tie <laughs> off and his, I, was like, I was thinking I was like, no 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 it's Paul White so I went from being like you said I was to begin with I was like, it's not going to be Daniel Bryan. It's not going to be or Brian Danielson or whatever. It's not going to be him. But I'm going to, you know, I hope. I hope. I've got that hope there. I'm excited. There's anticipation. Who could it be? And then as soon as Jack told me that, I was like, oh no, it's fucking Paul White. And like you said, if he never came out debut before, and then the fucking Big Show debuted in the Battle Royale, yeah, I'd shit a brick. But like for some reason, it just doesn't track, does it? When you're thinking about like the possibility of him inserting himself in the Battle Royals, like, please don't be Paul White. <laughs> and it wasn't, it was Leo Rush, who was actually, you know, based on the people it actually feasibly could have been, because obviously Samoa Joe is still on his non-compete clause, and Daniel Bryan might not actually be leaving WWE, he seems to possibly be at the centre of the negotiations for New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, that aside, um, Leo Rush really good uh, call I think to, to make it Leo Rush I've really enjoyed his stuff in GCW recently his Blackheart gimmick which he wasn't sporting tonight but um, he's just he's just enigmatic he's just really he's he's got a magnetism to him Leo Rush he's one of those wrestlers but uh, I can I can uh, tell you the wrestlers in the match were Jungle Boy there's a reason I'm saying him first, which we'll see in a bit. Aaron Solo, Anthony Bowens, Brian Pillman Jr., Christian Cage, Colt Cabana, Dustin Rhodes, Evil Uno, Griff Garrison, Isaiah Casti, Lee Johnson, Leo Rush, Mark Quinn, Matt Hardy, Matt Seidel, Max Caster, Nick Comoroto, Penta El Zero Miedo, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Serpentico, and Ten. 
So, Patrick, you were you were a fan. You told me of this this battle royale. Care to elaborate? Yeah, in general, I'm a, I'm a big fan of battle royals. In in in, well, I I love them. Just I don't know. Like, it, of course, they were bad ones. Like, I think last year wasn't so good at the at the double or nothing. I think that was kind of kind of boring but this one was good of course not the best match it's just also showcasing some talent and some things were not like uh, super cool like i i think there was uh, uh, with uh, with hops some spots with him were really weird i remember that but like in general i just just like it it's it's a nice uh different kind of match style in between uh, to give a little uh, variety in there um it was quite clear to me also that christian cage will make it until the end there was for me like uh, when he's starting first and it will be until the end uh, leo rush great surprise not a huge wrestler as we all like always hope for expect for i thought it was andrade but leo rush super surprise actually it's also nice that he's now signed to new japan pro wrestling um Maybe this also hints more to a working relationship. Maybe that that hopefully hopefully that NJPW will continue working or wants to continue work with AEW. Um, yeah, and the Jungle Boy, like when Jungle Boy came out, I'm I'm I think I'm I'm the positive guy now with the with the crowd reactions because when Jungle Boy came out, that money that uh, Tony Khan invested into the uh, into the rights to uh, to the Jungle Boy theme now, like this. Tartsome Boy theme, yeah, Tartsome Boy yeah. song. Paid out oh, yeah. so much. So good, really. I, I just loved that. And also the ending when uh, Jungle Boy and Christian Cage were, were hugging, or Christian Cage really made him, pumped him up, like, yeah, you, you got the spot from me now. It was supposed to be me, but you get it. You're going to make it now. You have to make it. That was just great. You know, just mm. just love these matches in between. Now please rant. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, no, I'm not going to rant. I no, just, no, just I, kidding. I... I, it wasn't my favorite. It wasn't my favorite to be. Obviously, it didn't help that there were a couple of late additions because of injuries. Was it the? Uh, I want to say the blade, or was was the blade and Serpentico? No, no, the blade was replaced with Serpentico. Do you mean? No, no, it was. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe. I know Serpentico uh, was one of the blade, replacements. Yeah, yeah. Serpentico was one of the replacements. The blade, Aaron Solo, was the other replacement. The blade was supposed to be in this match, and so did somebody else, but I've forgotten it. QT Marshall. Uh, Cutie Marshall, that's it. Um, yeah, no, I just... I feel like there were some weird eliminations. I can't remember one of them. Um, but I remember thinking, you know, WTF on someone getting eliminated after having done... Someone quite um, popular getting eliminated having done very little. Uh, as I say, I, I'm not remembering off the top of my head who it was, which is pretty bad. Like, you can say, how can they be that uh, popular? It might have been Penta. Uh, I can't remember. Either way... Um, or 10, maybe even 10. Uh, the main one, though, was Leo Rush. He, you know, he, he seemed to be gone as quick as he came. Do you know what I mean? Um, I would have thought we would have seen a showcase from him. Yeah, it was, it was just a bit, uh, uneventful for me. And there wasn't, uh, a lot of kind of those exciting battle royale spots you expect. You know, you expect it to be a bit of a spot fest. You expect kind of these set pieces in the match where, you know, uh, weird, you know, exciting or funny things go down one after the other. Um, wasn't really that sort of match. There was a cool one where, was it Jungle Boy um, shimmied around the uh, the post, which I thought would have been a good one for Kofi Kingston to do. Yeah, um, definitely. Some Kofi Kingston vibes on that, yeah. In his Royal Rumble, th- you know, because uh, you always used to see Kofi Kingston do the Royal Rumbles and you were thinking, 
I can't think of what he could do next year. Do you know what I mean, to avoid elimination, this could have been one of them, you know, um, that people would have popped for. Uh, it was, it was good, and the camera work on that was actually quite good, which is surprising considering AEW's track record. But we're thinking it might be TNT that were responsible. So on a pay per view, maybe they have a different camera crew. Who knows? I digress. Jack, how did you like this match? Yeah, um, I, I for one did enjoy it. Um, I don't normally enjoy these matches much because, as you said, they're the camera angles and it never seems to pick up everything and you know it's hard to keep but the camera work like i said seemed quite good on this. yeah it did and um yeah and normally you know it's hard to realize who's still there and who's not but um but yeah i did like it i have a couple of points i want to make though um the first one being make em, baby make em. um now this seems to be a mainly a dark thing so i'm not surprised they obviously didn't you know further it in the battle royal but they seem to be a bit of a um uh, Hobbs and Cage kind of thing going on over on Dark as much, or it was mainly like the promo stuff. It just very much irrelevant uh, to the average kind of viewer, but like those who, you know... Well, they uh, didn't have a match on Dynamite, didn't they? Yeah, they did, which, um, you know, if you were if you're just a Dynamite watcher, that's where kind of it ends for you. But um, but they, I know they've shown a couple of things on Dark of like them fighting backstage. So going into this, I fully expected it to be maybe like Cage and Hobbs at the end. You... you can't you know criticize me for thinking that based on that um and i knew was it cage left the ring at one point and obviously came back or it might yeah i think it was cage came back and and then um but i was expecting the same from hobbs but hobbs just was eliminating there was no kind of like emphasis on it so i was a yeah, bit kind yeah. of like annoyed um, with that and you, you do you remember we were like is hobbs out like, yeah i said that in? yeah i i was fully expecting it to be like a um Randy Orton at the Royal Rumble and just kind of come back like out of nowhere just to, you know, be in here. But no, um, Hobbs was eliminated without any sort of, you know, mention really. So that was a bit of a weird thing and kind of, you know, I, it gives more reason for people to criticise Dark and Dark Elevation because, you know, if you're doing something on there and then you make no sort of like, I don't know, it's weird. Um, but the other thing I wanted to say, and this was, I was kind of, I'm adamant that this is the case and I was saying it to Tom on the night. I put Liam, uh, our friend, friend of the podcast, friend of the show, um, been on a couple of times, does for us a little prediction um, form. He puts in our group chat just to kind of have a bit of fun. Um, there is a prize, you know, whoever gets the most. Uh, anyway, I put Christian Cage to win this uh, purely because, you know, you know what AEW's history like with XWWE. They want to put him over all the time, you know, give him everything. Um, so I was convinced, and Tom was saying to me the whole, like, you know, battle royale was like, you've, you've got this, I reckon. You've got this, correct. Obviously, it comes down to Christian Craze. Christian, Christian, Christian Cage. Craze. Crazy about Christian. <laughs> it's the Christian craze. <laughs> Christian Cage and Jungle Boy. And, um, and pa- Patrick, I'm sure you noticed it as well. The crowd were booing Christian Cage. Now, this is where my theory comes in. I think the get the tinfoil hat on. I've heard this. You need your tinfoil hat. <laughs> I think the um, the Christian Cage Jungle Boy ending was purely going to be based on crowd reaction. I think the original plan was put Christian Cage in because they thought people want to see a Christian Cage Kenny match, which you know can can still happen at some point. But after hearing all the boos from the crowd for Christian Cage, which I fully understand because you know it'd be so annoying as a fan, and this is the power that fan ha- fans have. Of um, you know, you got an up and coming like ready made star coming in Jungle Boy, who will be main eventing in you know, however many years time, or an ex WWE star who's been there, done it, won the titles, doesn't need it, you know, it's just it's just for AWT, you know. Um, Lead it, mate. Yeah, exactly. Um, but for that, yeah. So I think if if the crowd were hot on Christian Cage, I think and still think, you know, they would have put 
give them win to Christian Cage. But because of the booze, I think they then decided let's do the other ending and to get Jungle Boy to win. And it went down an absolute storm. I've never seen, you know, the crowd get so, you know, so hot for such a young kind of star. Do you know what I mean? He was, they, they loved it. It was such the right thing to do. Um, you know, whether he, he won't win it, um, I don't think. I mean, obviously, I do think it's still too too soon. But, and this is another thing, me and Tom were having a debate, who's going to be the first wrestler to have held all three titles to tag the TNT, the world champ? I think, and Tom, Tom said it, and I agree with Tom, Jungle Boy. He can win it with Jurassic Express, the tag titles. The first he, triple crown yeah, champion, yeah. He can he can win the TNT. Um, he can probably do that within the next year, depending on um, how it goes. And he'll definitely be a world champ star. So, um, so yeah, so that that's that was my take on it. And, um, yeah, Jungle Boy, looking forward to that match. Two weeks' time. So, I don't know if that's going to... Yes, because obviously they've got Friday Night Dynamite this week. So, it'll be the following Wednesday. Um, yeah, really looking forward to that match. I think that'll be... I think that could be, you know, at, at least a five star, if not more, depending. I'm going to absolutely set fire to your theory here, Jack. Um, are you suggesting then, because I swear they showed it on Double or Nothing, uh, a match card graphic for Kenny Omega versus uh, Jungle Boy. Are you suggesting they prepared that within the few hours after the match? Or maybe, as per Jack's theory, they had two? They had two. They, how easy is it to do two? <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, yeah. they, they, these people this is what they do for a living they could, they would have you know especially if a match like that you know they obviously they they would have prepared all the other ones you know the match winning graphics or whatever but um or yeah but you know i i, I do I, I think i'm right and they had the music queued up straight away for again that's easy you can just have it on two tracks can't you whichever one just press whichever wins Hmm. I think when you're I've really seen, overthinking how much effort yeah, when you've it seen, takes. When you, well, I just say this from experience. When we've seen unexpected finishes in WWE before, they've taken ages to actually get the track on. So, Patrick, what do you think about Jack's conspiracy theory? That, uh, that the I like it a lot. Indeter- indeterminate and depending on crowd reaction. Yeah, I like it a lot. That's that's actually a really good uh, thing. They could have made it also on the call, like before, like yeah. They, yeah, Christian is is a pro anyway that he can make it on the call. Um, makes also sense in the in in the thing what I said before that he was uh, that Christian Cage was telling Jungle Boy after the win like I was supposed to win. Now you're getting it. You have to do it now. Makes sense in this kind of context. I'm curious to see. I'm actually now where you were talking, browsing through the AEW news right now <laughs> to make sure it it hasn't been confirmed yet. But um, we might see that in the next weeks or so if if that's true. But if it's true, Jack, then I don't have anything to offer for you. But just everything but my biggest respect. Yeah, just just your words, Patrick, is enough for me. Yeah. Just your words. Just, okay, you're, you're a bunch <laughs> of conspiracy theorists. Um. I'm on the Alex Jones podcast here. Um, no, uh, I will say that, uh, you know, it would have been, if that was the case, and then Christian went over, would have been a shitter to invite Luchasaurus and Marco Stunt, <laughs> then them not actually make an appearance. <laughs> so just putting that out there, I think I think you've been taking the crazy pills. No, but they, they would still be there anyway. All the AEW talent's there. Adam Cole's probably there. Adam Cole was there. Have you seen? Have you seen on Twitter? No, but I'm gonna say he was. <laughs> Are you and just I'm becoming this it. insider now, Jack? Why do you, you hate you, me? <laughs> I don't hate you. It's just this we is don't a speculation. <laughs> we don't have an insider on the inside. We can't just be wildly speculating. Unfortunately, <laughs> the next match we have to review ugh, is um, 
Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Gogo. Almost vomited there. Um, I actually did hiccup there, but <laughs> passed it off as a... Uh, my, my body knows what it likes and what it doesn't, and it did not like this. Uh, first off, just... <sighs> Okay, so first off, we had. I have to tread very, very carefully on this one because this is going to be a sensitive topic for people. I don't want to offend anybody's sensibilities. Cody, before the match, there was a kind of promo thanking, you know, it was Memorial Day weekend, so it was thanking servicemen and women and lots of American flags waving, and then they brought out veterans with dogs. And, um, you know. I think maybe going into this, Cody would have got a better, a, a worse reaction from the crowd, more booze, because this was not, this has not been a popular angle. But he wheeled out the veterans and the dogs before the match, and how are you going to boo veterans with dogs? <laughs> like it's, it's a masterstroke and a little bit gross in my opinion, because it's like they put this right before the American Patriot versus Foreign Invader match. What are you gonna do? Do you know what I mean? You're in the crowd and you're gonna you're thinking, well, I was planning on booing Cody, but I'm gonna look like a right heartless dickhead if I do now, aren't I? So, um, you know, that's how it started. And uh, then obviously, Anthony Gogo came out with the factory, and then Cody came out with everybody there ever was, um, <laughs> pretty much all his students and uh, and the the nightmare family. Uh, oh god! I just I probably I probably rolled my eyes about four or five times just during the entrance. Um, not a fan, <laughs> Jack. I'll come to you. Um, just just give me give me the skinny. What what? How do we talk, talk, just just go? <laughs> well, I, I don't want to repeat what you said, um, but I completely agree. So um, there's my opinion on that. What I did want to say was I actually was not not a fan of this match so I was a fan of this match essentially um, however it was the ending I wasn't a fan of only because as Brits we are we he, he's a household name over here I wanted Anthony a go-go he's know? in Subway he commercials Subway commercials indeed and um, yeah of course like you know um, we, we say it all the time Cody Rhodes has dipped he has he, we loved him um, he was pulling out blinders um, especially you know the, the match he had his brother but Ever since he lost the TNT title, he has been on a downward slope, um, and this did not help him. Um, especially having such a, again, like you said, just having this sort of match in this day and age, it's just seemed really, really fucking weird. Um, yeah, and it's uh, my <laughs> the favourite thing to come for it though is just seeing the comparisons to Cody to Homelander from the boys. Um, yeah. lo- love that take. <laughs> um, yeah, right. I was I was also thinking when he came out, he looked like Homelander more than yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't know if that's what he's trying to um, go I, with. Uh, I mean, maybe this is, this, this, this would have been a really good call. This is the thing, and this is the thing I hate is that this is absolutely what's going to happen. But this he would uh, make no bones about it. Please remember this for when AEW do a revisionist history with this. Cody was trying to be the face in this. He booked this thinking this would go over and that he would be the face in this rivalry. We know now that they've got to be here in the negative chatter. And what they and they definitely are going to do a Homelander sort of thing with him. They are going to do a, a kind of slow burn heel turn with Cody now. Uh, of that ilk, do you know what I mean? And then they're going to act like this was always the plan. 
Don't let them fool you. Nonsense. It was never the plan. <laughs> There's. It'll be. It is absolutely what they should do. But they're gonna. You're gonna get these people that you know, um, defending him, saying, "Oh, see, marks. This was always the plan. This was no. It wasn't bullshit." Um, oh, he's so fucking egotistical. I swear, Cody. Just after his matches, is goes backstage and just smells his own underwear. It's so fun, and it, it just. It's so, you can you can feel it. And as Jack said, he used to be so. He was the best face of 2019. I'm I'm willing to just commit to that. He was the best face in any company in 2019. He's the worst face in 2021. James, 100%. keep keep this in. But Cody Rhodes is definitely a bloke who masturbates in front of a mirror just over his own his own reflection. That's like, that's such a Homelander move. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he is so that type of guy. Um, I mean, you know, if he got offered sex with Brandy or a wank in front of a mirror, I'm I'm not surprised <laughs> if he's going to take the, the wank over the mirror based on his actions in in AEW so far. <laughs> Patrick was laughing there. I like that. Um, yeah, it, it's so true. He he likes to think he's fucking God's greatest gift, um, but he's not. Uh, but I did just did, did a little read on the interweb. Um, and why have I literally just forgotten what it said now? Yes, um, Anthony Gogo's rib injury. I don't know how much of that played into his match from what I could well, see. it didn't seem to a lot. Yeah, really, it didn't. They, it was a proper wrestling match. Um, so we will get onto that and we'll get onto the positives and I'll, I'll come back to you on that. No, no, take just it away. That's all I wanted to say anyway. I, basically... I just wanted to say, but yeah, just before we talk about the match itself, I just want to come back to the thing, you know, the Memorial Day stuff they, they were doing. I understand, you know, it's an American holiday. It's important. That's... That you know, I'm not trying to shit on that at all. Um, but put it at the beginning of the show, like they didn't have. They usually have national anthems at pay per views. They didn't have the national anthem at the beginning of of this. Um, and or, or it's not always a national anthem, is it? It's America the Beautiful. Sometimes things like that. It's, they have an America song and and a flag and some planes flying over uh, and whatnot but uh yeah they didn't have that this time and instead they put all of that stuff you know on memorial day they didn't they didn't have the 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 america stuff of all days so on memorial day weekend or whatever it's called um so why you know they moved it they moved it before the cody match in so it's so obvious and it was so cynical and it was just an attempt to kind of drum up nationalism before this big you know clash of the nations match and it's just crap um but to talk about the match itself jack you alluded to it with his uh with you know how did the rib injury well we alluded to it how did the rib injury impact the match not very much because there were some positives to this and that was that agogo actually looked quite good i mean he, he looked a little green he looked like he was he was uh you know, lacking a little ring awareness which is to be expected but i mean he busted out an olympic slam I, i've got to be honest i kind of marked out when he did that because it's obviously he's an olympian cut angles an olympian um it's just just a lot of good stuff uh from a go-go would you would you agree patrick would you say there's there was some bright moments from the youngster yeah he's not definitely. Really a youngster, sorry but a young, <laughs> in terms of his wrestling career yeah right yeah definitely so this was maybe the biggest surprise of the night this match uh how good a go-go was in the ring how good their chemistry was like not throughout all the match and like you said a little ring awareness uh, uh, now you cannot call it ring rust because he's too young to have rust in the ring but uh, yeah he, he was he was surprisingly good um, now I'm looking forward to him um, 
yeah, being like like getting a little more experience and look how he turns out to be because uh, what I directly noticed was he was really fast. Like his pace was really high when he was running and executing moves and everything. That was that was something that was that was what I was really impressed by. Um, yeah, but just also to touch that really shortly what happened before the match that was just pure and utter bullshit and I hated it so much. They should have done that in the beginning so I know how much I had to skip before the event starts. But I this knew was, was going to go in on this. It was, it's just horrible. Now, really all the all my Nazi jokes or so aside, but come on, like I'm from the country where uh, patriotism is really not a thing anymore and I don't have any uh, feelings for uh, patriotism at all and this is like seen the negatives of it yes yeah right right and you can still see the negatives also in the u.s like when it when it overcomes there and it's just it was just also poor like it's it's the least thing you go it's like you you just i don't know something with children or patriotism you know that's just when you don't have any creative idea how you how you want to touch emotions like was there a dog they yeah they yeah ah yeah with the dogs okay yeah 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 they Yesterday, veterans and dogs out to stand on the stage. Oh yeah, right. Okay, I actually like that oh, to be honest. <laughs> you like that? Yeah, no, I like you. It works. Yeah, that, that was the thing. They, I just, they say just when they said pause, pause for, pause for uh, what was that? Pause for. Uh, um, veterans whatever, that, that yeah. everyone who cannot get like that's typical america everyone who cannot afford health insurance should get a dog so the dog can do operations <laughs> on him yeah. i don't know <laughs> dog can do the surgery, surgery. Um, uh, jesus just, fucking christ but, i've just yeah. got this image of patrick sitting at home with the american flag waving just sat there fuming like oh cynical american patriotism and then and but then he sees a dog and he's like oh it's a dog <laughs> that's that's the weak spot where he can hit me with actually we're yeah. Now really in the discussions, me and my girlfriend, about uh, when and which dog to get and everything. And when it comes to dogs or Icelandic horses, then I'm just like, okay, I'm lost. <laughs> you have me there. <laughs> but uh, All you have to do is not yeah. be able to afford healthcare and they'll give you a free dog. Oh, nice. Okay, then, then I'll just write my healthcare system that I get out of the system just to have a free dog. That's good. <laughs> but yeah. moving away from controversial topics. Yeah. Um, the yeah the match itself very good if you will indulge me to shit on it a little bit more though um yeah j just a second one thing i really yeah, like was to finish right, the, uh, the the i read it's called a dins fire the move um i got yeah I've, i know it as the vertebraker or from oh the vertebraker um, yeah or or what it was called when homicide use it it was the uh the cop killer but I mean, yeah. I, Ooh, I don't oh, think Cody. Yes. I don't think Cody, the American yeah. Dream, is calling his move the cop killer somehow. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I like that they showed it. That's one of the few moves which I think is actually forbidden by WWE. Uh, maybe for a reason, but they executed that well. Also, uh, Agogo knew how to keep himself in the position not to be injured you could see that that he was like yeah, putting up tension but then to, what a move to execute on a new yeah right yeah right i was that was what 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 i was thinking but these are the positive side i was just want to be the good cop now you're going to do the bad cop <laughs> all right i'm in fact i'm going to directly take on and disagree with you on that that it was a good thing a go go so right i was convinced cody i know cody's obnoxious and cody's self-absorbed i didn't think he was so obnoxious and self-absorbed that he would go over put himself over their first homegrown talent they've built this as the first star that AEW have 
self-made. You know, they trained him in wrestling. It's like their version of the NXTs, you know, uh, coming through the ranks. They 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 created a go-go as a wrestler. They've, they've said they've, you know, drilled it home as he's the first guy. He's the first guy coming up. I didn't think that Cody would crush their first developmental talent, right? And then he did. Clean. Not only that, with a non-finisher finish. He didn't finish him with a crossroads. He didn't finish him with a figure four. He didn't finish him... Not even a disaster kick. Do you know what I mean? It was... It wasn't his finisher. And that irks me. And, like... And not only that, but he... He ate so many of those body punches, which has been sold as a absolute match-ender. Fucking Austin Gunn was bleeding from the mouth in the middle of the ring. I think he's ruptured his organs. Like, and yet Cody just ate another and another and shrugged him off like it was nothing. Like, oh I think I'm God. bleeding inside my chest. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for the Chael Chappelle reference. I had to say it. <laughs> just this dude is is just his. Oh, just I, I don't know. This, it was the wrong booking call. I think. Um, just everything. This is. This is awful everything. This is, you know, the the subreddit awful everything. This is awful everything. Everything about this was awful. It, actually, except for the kind of obviously bright sparks from a go-go. Jack, would you like to weigh in any more on this? No, I said I said what I wanted to say at the start. I thought, yeah, just what you guys said. Um, completely thought a go-go was going to be put over here, but he was not, and... Why should we ever have thought differently of Cody? Of course, he was going to put himself over. But this is the thing. I've always disagreed with people who said that Cody always puts himself over because he'd lost, coming into this, he'd lost something like three out of four of his uh, pay-per-view matches. He put over MGF. He put over Darby Allen. Like, uh, I, I, just, I just didn't think he was going to do this. And then he did. And it's like, oh, go have a wank in a mirror, you dickhead. I know right, Con um, doesn't listen to the podcast, but Con, if you are for this special edition you were right you were right all along Indication. we should never have you know disagreed with you so scotland rules and we are wrong oh flower of scotland right next up we had a oh TNT. quickly next up we had a tnt title match between miro and lance archer i know that Patrick has some strong, maybe not some strong, maybe some lukewarm opinions on this match. However, start out with a positive. Let's come to Jack. Jack, what do you think of this? What did I think of this? If I'm going to be completely honest, um, one of the poorest matches of the night for me. That's not starting out with a positive, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jack, come to the dark side. <laughs> okay, positive. Um, love seeing two big meaty men slapping meat. Um, Hoss fight. It, yeah, that, that's what I liked. Um, yeah, it, I was, from beating meat to slapping meat, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I, I, I always, I always like watching, you know, Miro and Lance Archer. So matching them together, I, I was going to enjoy. But yeah, this because it was short as well, um, which Too annoyed short. me. So, but because I'm going to just end up dragging into negatives, I'm going to cut myself short here so I can leave that up to Patrick. Well, no, that does. You, you're thinking I, uh, I won't say negatives. I will say negatives. It was too short. It felt more like a television match than a pay-per-view match. Um, I, I, it was weird how they. He just. I've never seen so. <laughs> this is the only way I can describe this. I've never seen someone go through a table so casually. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it was a. It was a casual table spot. They're just like, ah, oh, he's gone through a table. Like they didn't. It was there wasn't lots of fanfare around it. He was just chucked through, then on to the next thing. Do you know what I mean? Um, he. Uh, but but the, the the fact is there was a table spot, and Lance Archer did hit a 
fall away slam on Mira. Was it on Mira or was it the other way around? Either way, someone hit a fall away slam on someone over the barricade into the crowd. So, you know, I like the stuff where Mira was holding Lance Archer by the ponytail while he's on his knees and giving him the kicks to the chest. Um, I thought, you know, I thought it was all right. I thought, and to be honest, it could have been a show stealer. It was on a dynamite. Um, I don't think it was a bad match. I, I really don't. And it started out really violent. I just think, I'll tell you what, I just think... Oh, actually, I do have one criticism. I think that spot with throwing the snake, which clearly was not a snake, was fucking dumb. When Jake the Snake came down and Miro took it off him and then yeeted uh, the snake, was he called, like, Duncan or something? He must be on, like, his fifth or... Damien. Must be on, like, his sixth or seventh Damien at this point. But, um, yeah, there was was no snake in that bag. Um, Obviously, I'm not expecting them to do actual animal cruelty. Just, Just don't do the spot. (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, but yeah it it was it wasn't I don't think it was bad I just think i just tell you what this needed to be with these two guys this needed to be unexpectedly violent they needed to turn the violence up to 11 on this and they didn't and they, it wasn't it wasn't nearly violent enough someone went through a table someone went over over the barricade but you know from the way they were holding these guys back from each other and and even though it hasn't been building this rivalry for very long, with the guys involved, you expect it to be a more gruesome affair. What was the um? Patrick, oh, what was the match God. Lance Archer had with um, Mox at uh, for the title in New Japan? They could have had that. Was it Texas? Texas something? death match. Yeah, they Texas could have had, death match. That, that could have suited them. Just something. I mean, I know I'm a fucking sim for a stipulation match, but that would have suited these guys better, I think. Gimmick Griffin. That's what we're yeah. going to call you. <laughs> um, Patrick, I know you're itching. You're chomping at the bit. Go for it. So the match started really good before the match even started when uh, Lance Archer came running into the ring even before everybody dies came out. Like he was already in the ring. He almost ran over the referee. So he was so fast and he was like so energetic. I was like, yes, come on, let's do it. And then nine minutes, 48 seconds later, I was very disappointed and underwhelmed because like you said before, there's not a lot to add because it was more a dynamite match. It wasn't pay-per-view quality. There was... Uh, not enough blood or not even blood in the match really there was no violence there was just one table spot and we wrote yesterday in the in the chat group about it already that it was without love like it, there wasn't the love and the passion you hope for such a match when you have these big guys clash then you're just hoping for more you hope like i, I don't know it's like an earthquake, the whole building is going to be torn down, torn yeah. apart, whatever. The the ring will, like, when somebody does, like, a super slam from, from, from the ring apron, that the ring will collapse or so. That's, that's the kind bitches. of... Yes, exploding bitches, really. And that's what you're <laughs> expecting, and not this thing with a fake snake uh, uh, flying around in, in a bag or so. It was just like, come on, guys. That, that was just not good, just to be honest. It was not a bad match, but it was not what I expect, and therefore it was not good for me. Thank you. My honor. Do you know how I would have liked to see this end would be, you know, Miro can do such a good psychotic face. I'd like him to not even finish it with his finisher. This, I mean, we're talking about non-finisher finishers in the last one. Shouldn't be, it shouldn't have been done. But in this one, I would like to see it ended with him just beating fucking Lance Archer to a bloody pulp, like on top of him, just give, just raining down punches and get it to referee stoppage when he's just covered in blood and just wiping it all over his face or something like that. Do you know what I mean? And I would love them both to get bloodied and just, I'd, you know, or even... Okay, so obviously they were never going to hot potato the TNT title, but on a different set of circumstances, if Mira had had a longer reign, I could see like... Or in the future, in like a return match, I could see... 
yeah, just have Miro, just have Miro absolutely wreck Archer in this one in a really violent match, and then have a return match further down the road, and where Lance wins a TNT title. This is a long way down the road. This is you know the end of Miro's reign, and have him do something similar, like just beating Miro to a pulp to the point where Jake the Snake is trying to just pull him off, saying that's enough, that's enough. Do you know what I mean? Just some really visceral, just emotional, fucked up stuff. That's what I wanted from this, and I didn't get it, but. It was a but good match. But then doing that, in, in, wouldn't it... It was a good match for a TV match, but... Yeah, go on. Sorry, go but on. I was going to say, but then doing that, wouldn't it... Because I think this... I don't like how they book Lance Archer, really, in AEW, because they seem yeah, to... The, the, the disrespect, and yeah. I said this to you. Sorry to cut you off, but just to add to your point, I'll let you finish. Um, they don't book... They don't give the same respect to people they got from elsewhere than WWE. So people they sign from WWE, it's almost like they're rewarding them from, for jumping ship. Think FTR, think Mox, think Jericho, think, um, you know, there's someone else in there as well. Uh, but anyway, they, they don't, it's not the same for, for Miro. Guys. He's in the match. Miro, thank you. That's, <laughs> that was the one I was trying to think of, Miro. Um, you know, put a title. And he's holding the title. Yeah, exactly. Put the title straight on him. That's the whole thing. But uh, they don't give the same, they don't put the same respect on someone they've signed from New Japan. Do you know what I mean? And and uh, and this is twice now, isn't it? That he's gone for he's gone for gold and and come up short. And it's just like Brody Lee. Sorry, there we go. There was another. Um, so it's yeah, it's um, it's unfortunate because there are these guys like Lance Archer, like Brian Cage, that uh, could easily be. And this is a criticism they get from you know WWE stands um, that say, oh, this is just. Uh, you know, retirement home for WWE guys, it's TNA 2.0 or whatever. We know that's bullshit as viewers, but it doesn't help their case that they just, you know, they put the belt straight on ex-WWE guys. I mean, they put them on credible ex-WWE guys, obviously the ones you want them to be putting on. No one's putting a title on Mark Henry or Big Show. Do you know what I mean? They're putting them on, or even Christian Cage. You know, Christian Cage didn't win the match that we talked about, the, the Battle Royale, but they're putting them on, you know, the legit guys like Mark's, like, uh, like... Sorry, I've just drawn a blank. Like Miro, why do I keep forgetting his fucking name? It's the match we're talking about. Um, but uh, like FTR, but yeah, um, just yeah, give it, give, give, give. When's Archer going to get a break? That's what I want to know. Jack, sorry, I cut you off. Was anything you wanted to add to that? Um, yeah, no, that was that's what I was going to say. Was um, you saying then you'd have liked a match to have been, you know, Miro basically pummeling Lance Archer? Wouldn't that have buried him even more than this match? Not if he, not if it, not if, not if. Not if leading up to it, he'd absolutely beat the shit out of Miro as well. Yeah. And they were, like, just dragging dragging themselves across the ring in a bloody pool towards each other. And he ended up, like, you know, beating him to a stoppage. But, like, he looked fucked as well. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. No, I feel that. I feel that. Because, I mean, it's going to look like a barrel either way with him losing his second shot at the TNT title. Do you know what I mean? So... Whatever. I mean, we knew this was the first, the first big defense. If you don't count that, you know, squash match against um, Dante was it Dante Martin. Yeah, Dante um, Martin. Yeah. Yeah, on uh, Dynamite, but is what it is. Let's move swiftly on because it's all, it's all, uh, it's all up from here. Next up, we had Doctor Britt Baker versus the champion Hikaru Shida for the women's title match. I'm excited to talk about this. Um, <laughs> uh, I've got, I'm, got, I'm not going to lie. I was probably one of the matches I was the most excited about here. Um, just Britt Baker. She recently won our profile pick bracket for our uh, WhatsApp group. So she's uh, she, she's 
we're Britt Baker fans in this house. That's what I'll say. Uh, but uh, yeah, why don't we tell you what? I'll, I'll hold off on Jack's reaction. Um, Patrick, what were your thoughts on this match? Good that you come to me because I have some criticism to bring up oh, to this okay, match. Okay, let's get that out of the way. Yeah. Just yeah. fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, I didn't like the first half of the of the match, but this was not regarding to Britt Baker, who did a wonderful job. Now, Hikarashita uh, felt a little misplaced, and uh, the pacing was slow, and in just some moves she was a little like sloppy or so. So this it wasn't that good in the beginning, but then the second half of it just killed it for me. Like it was so great. Also, I liked like everyone was expecting uh, that Britt will. Take the title and then they booked it and looked almost like Hikaru won it. Uh, yeah, the false. Okay, so sometimes false finishes get criticism, but this was. No, I loved it. Done. I loved this, it. These, also, this was when false finishes done right, because they were false yeah. finishes. They were like, oh my yeah. god, this is it. Like, yeah, uh, right, right, right. And then when Rebel uh, hit Brit accidentally with the yeah, with the crotch in the. Finisher. Yeah. Great. Great, and then she, yeah, that, that was just great. And also in this match is is great. Also regarding back to the Young Bucks match, it is nice. What what I really love about AW that people still sometimes need two or three finishers, not one finisher, few finishers to be like really victorious. And sometimes they do one finisher and it's not enough. And this is what I love about wrestling nowadays because it adds so much more drama to it and brings yeah. more leg sure. legitimacy. I see that's. <laughs> legitimacy to it um yeah it, that was just great and i was really like uh, one thing i expected i was not disappointed by this i was like, kind of expecting from the vibes before the match on dynamite also on the fan fest uh, bits we saw that uh, there might be a double turn in the match that Britt Baker turns face and hikaru shida turns heel which didn't happen but you had this like w w when she said like yeah after 316 this will be dmd now maybe she's a tweener then or You know, like because she's, after she, the match, she, she was she, definitely she just, yeah. She should, she was definitely celebrating, and when Tony Schiavone came out, uh, oh, Scavion, that, that was just uh, completely like great, goosebumps. like really goosebumps, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, she should just she should just keep doing what she's doing. She should be a heel that gets cheered. That's what she she just because what she's doing right now is golden. So I I wouldn't want her to become an all and out by the book baby face. I wanted to just. You know, keep being healed, but just accept it's a heel that gets, you know, that's over. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I, I, I found it really weird that people were talking about um, Hikaru Shida is suddenly, because she's acting heel, going to do some sort of major double turn in this. Hikaru Shida, I, I feel like people that were suggesting this haven't actually been watching because Hikaru Shida for a, a while now has been a sort of tweener that wrestles heel in quite a few of her matches she wrestled heel against Tay Conti um in their title match and maybe as far back as Anna Jay she you know she starts doing really kind of um and Darby Allen was doing it as well it's quite an AEW thing do you know what I mean like Darby Allen tearing the mask off of um Ten and and he, he did a couple of weeks in a row he did heel stuff and Hikaru Shida's been doing the same she's been working very like I said very heel um in her matches what I do want to draw on as well as you saying that Hikaru Shida just wasn't clicking at the beginning of the match I find this a problem a lot I find that Hikaru Shida has problem having chemistry with a lot of people like when she has chemistry with someone it's great but I feel like she doesn't gel well with a lot of other wrestlers um, in AEW and that might just be because you know there's not a lot of Joshis there it's a lot it's very western wrestling style but um, yeah I just and this is why I've said I don't think her and Riho are the are the best representatives of Joshi in America. And 
Um, I feel like now, just because she held the title for so long, we've got a lot of people retroactively putting respect on her name, like, like, you know, saying she's been a great champion. When, to be honest, I, I don't think she's been the best champion. She hasn't had that many memorable matches for me. Um, and I'm going to be like a right dickhead saying this, honestly, because obviously, like, it's the big thing to, you know, because she quote unquote carried us through the pandemic era. What you're forgetting is that you know, everyone generally regarded at the end of 2020, the women's division as dog shit in, um, in, in AEW. Um, and it's only in 2021 that it's had this really quick turnaround kind of revitalization. So for me, she was kind of the last piece that needed to fall in this formerly stagnant division as part of this rebirth, to be honest. Um, but you know, I, I get why people like her. She's got a good look and, and she's quite intense. She's a good striker. It's just, I just, feel like she has as you say uh, has trouble gelling with people um but yeah jack onto onto uh onto bigger and uh, better things to do with this match why don't you he's queuing something up that's probably We're getting all flagged for that for copyright on YouTube again. That's, that's what I mean. That's probably all I'm allowed to play. Perfect. There's a party in the USA, guys, and it's happening in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> D M D. Yes, in the moment DM has arrived. I think there's only one way we can sum this up, and Tom's confirmation would be absolutely grateful. Me and Tom, when the when it went. When, when the free count happened and she became women's champ, we screened the place down at whatever time it was in the morning. We got up, we hugged and jumped around and we, we were celebrating, weren't we, Tom? Like, like our team had won the Champions League final. It was that that sort of celebration. It, it was don't great. Don't know what the fuck you're talking about, mate. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, we, were, we, were, we were hugging and jumping. Can confirm we hugged and we did a jump hug, <laughs> hugging and jumping like, yeah. <laughs> but no this was this was and i said this to patrick before tom joined um the call to start a podcast i think this might be my match of the night i and i don't know if it's because i mean it's got to be because i was this was the one i was most invested in yeah. um the the title was ready to change we all knew it um <laughs> and it, this was edge of edge of the seat stuff there's and as you mentioned with the the near pinfalls, um, and you know, the, how, was it gonna was she gonna retain? You you felt like it was gonna she was gonna retain. Like, and I in my head I was thinking, how can she like she's she's had it long enough? Do you know what I mean? Um, but it kept on, you know, these false finishes. I was like, oh my god, oh my god, like excellent implementation. It was finishes. it was so good, and just just everything. Uh, I mean. Obviously, being the last one to talk about it, you guys have covered all the main things um, and covered them really well. I thought the um, the Reaper not Rebel, uh, Rebel not Reaper, whichever way round, uh, throwing the crutch, um, to, and it looked like that was going to be the cause, you know, of um, Sheila retaining. It wasn't, but that was a really good touch. Tony Schiavone um, hugging at the end. I saw some people slagged it off. Fucking grow up. Like, you know, it's, it's a passionate thing, you know, Who's slagging that off? Oh, the, just read it. Just read it. But it's just, it's just. Are they the ones getting down though? Though the controversial yeah, yeah, ones yeah. Um, on the live threads. But no, this was just amazing, and you know, the new era is here, the Britt Baker era, and I think we're all for it. And I think, as Tom said, the last piece in the puddle, pu- puzzle to get rid of the the dog shit women's division. I think you well, 
it's no coincidence that when the women's division started getting good again, it was when Britt Baker recovered from her injury. Let's be honest. The feud. Are we, with are, we, are we not putting any any uh, credit to it? Just so happened also to be when Brandy Rhodes went on maternity <laughs> leave. <laughs> well, you know. That's Maybe. a lot of factors all at once. <laughs> Let's just say that. But, but no. The, the Thunder Storm. The Thunder Rosa feud was the best thing the women's division done. Um, it made Britt Baker. She is one of the biggest... She, if not... Well, she's by far the biggest in the women's division. And she she's bigger than... Well, three quarters in the men's division. She, she is, as dumb. she says, the face of the women's division. And now she has the title to prove it. And I'm looking forward to... Um, to seeing, you know, what what's going to come with it. I know we there was talks um, on this podcast, me, us guys. We discussed maybe her joining the Pinnacle. I did see something on YouTube today. I watched a little vid, video of um, they were talking about MGF talking about maybe the addition of a female member in the Pinnacle. Um, he did kind of brush that off, but I don't know whether that's just to kind of you know steer people away from the track. Um, obviously, they they want to bring gold to the Pinnacle. Um, obviously, you know. None of the pinnacle have gold at the moment, but there is, a, you know, the female wrestler who's not in a group or a faction that does have gold. It would make sense to, you know, get her in if you, you know, the pinnacle are on top. Um, but no, it's just top. they're always on top. But the main so thing to come out of this whole, whole, you know, Sheeta Baker match is I do not have to dip my dick in mouthwash, and that, as a whole, <laughs> is the best thing to have happened. <laughs> Have you noticed how now he doesn't have to do it? He's accepting it was mouthwash. Because <laughs> before you were like, it's going to be toothpaste. And I'm like, no, you won't be able to get a good dip with toothpaste. You're like, we said toothpaste. I was like, mouthwash. And now, now that he doesn't have to do it, it's like, yeah, it was going to be mouthwash. Oh, straight up. I would have done mouthwash. Yeah, fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> Call me a pussy. I would have done mouthwash. <laughs> would, have, would, have, would have dipped my dick into a, a fish tank with piranhas now. <laughs> Anything. Yeah. Sure you would. Um, <laughs> but enough about what Jack would or wouldn't dip his dick in. Um, yeah, no, it was it was a fun match. It's just, it's really great to see how far Britt Baker's come because she was janky in the ring, on the mic, you know, when she first signed. You know, they'd, they'd uh, kind of pitched her as the face of the division and then it didn't pan out that way and plans changed because she just, you know, she wasn't clicking with the fans, she wasn't clicking in the ring. Um, she's come a long way and I'm just, you know, it's, it's obviously she's a heel, so it's not, maybe not supposed to be, but it's just one of those things in wrestling where they also know that she's over with the fans and it's, you know, it's a feel good story and they're letting us, they're letting it be a feel good story, even though she's a heel, which might not be the case in WWE. They, you know, I, I, anecdotally we've heard stories that Vince McMahon is pissed off when heels get cheered but um, in AEW they very much have allowed it to be this feel good story um, even though she is heels so, and, and you know heels winning clean as well is it's just it's good stuff um, just just happy man just happy for her next up we had Darby Allen and Sting that's Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky um this was a better match than I thought it was going to be. I enjoyed this. If I'd gone in and said, which match do I care about the least, it was this. Um, but i tell you what made me mark out was when Sting took his shirt off. And now... Um, so after that, plus that time at Wrestle Kingdom when Okada whipped 
uh, his his uh, bottoms off to show that he was wearing trunks instead of the long pants that everyone hated. I have now marked the fuck out at men disrobing twice. I was about to say, I thought you're just admitting to having a thing for men taking off clothes. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. It's fantastic. You do. You know, um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's but, fantastic. You know, it's Pride Week. Rest- that's fine. Yeah, it's Pride Week. Pride Month, actually, Patrick. Pride Month. A whole month. Oh, okay. A whole month now. It's a whole month. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, uh, him him uh, taking the shirt off is like it meant business and he's been wrestling in a shirt and he's back in ring gear and it's like oh damn and when he did you know he popped up behind um, was it Scorpio Sky uh, it was just it was, it was really fun he was he properly wrestled you know he he, uh, he took took a big bump on, on the stage wasn't it um, I'm sure someone remembers it better than me I just remember enjoying it all the way through but uh, Jack we came to Patrick first last time so Jack let's come to you yeah, I think the spot you were talking about there that you, um, you know, that you wouldn't expect a man of Sting's age to do was, um, I remember it was he jumped off the stage, didn't he, onto Ethan Page and Scorpio? Well, yeah, no, Go first on. he took he took a bump on the stage like a power bomb or something, and then Scorp thought he'd finished him. Turned around, he was stood up on the chips, and then uh, Sting sort of undertaker esque in that match with AJ Styles at WrestleMania appeared behind him and then Scorpio like sensed him behind him and then turned around and he like yeeted him off and then jumped off and it was good stuff. Good it was stuff. very it was very good stuff. Um exactly the same as you Tom. I was very underwhelmed seeing this booked. Um I didn't have high hopes for it at all. But I liked it. I didn't love it. It wasn't the best match of night by you know by that count. But I came away from it exactly how they wanted me to um, feel come away for it seeing Sting in um, action in, an, in a wrestling ring was awesome um, I thought you know he looks really good for his age Darby like Allen 56 man yeah Darby Allen actually looked good for once um, you know actually pulling out some good stuff good um, the match was all about Sting for me it was but <laughs> Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page I loved them I thought they looked really good and I really want to see them more as a tag team and I really hope this isn't you know the end of them. Um, well, not the Ethan end of Page, them. But you know Ethan what I mean. Page, just just to just to seize on that, Ethan Page is another one that's not been utilised to his full effect and probably would have been if he'd come from WWE. Yeah, exactly. But a lot of and I've seen on Twitter today, a lot of people really really liked seeing him um, pay for you. So I'm hoping you know that this that this continues because this is a very um, AW thing where they you know the, the star of this. Um, this match was obviously the Sting and Darby Allen tag team, and Sting in general. Um, even Page and Scorpio Sky would not, by a long shot, the the draw in this match. So I hope they don't just get put down to the bottom of the pile um, and just become dark talent because they they work really as well as a tag team, and they've got a really good thing going. Both of them are just amazing wrestlers, as we already knew Scorpio Sky was. Um, he's finally got you know a pay per view match with him involved, which he deserved ever since first seen Scorpio Sky there's not a battle royal or anything and um, yeah I just hope it doesn't end here it'd be interesting to see because what sort of you know few could they have next um, it'll be yeah it'll be interesting to see where it goes but definitely a lot more impressed than um, I originally thought I would be I said it before and I'll say it again they need a new set of titles for you know um whether it be the new brand that's coming, the new, well, it's not necessarily a new brand, is it the new show that's coming in? 
because uh, there's one coming in August, Rampage, which is just the extra hour of dynamite. I remember having to explain this to Patrick with comic books that I drew. But um, uh, there's an extra hour of dynamite, but it's going to be aired on the Friday as Rampage as a separate show. So it'll be pre-taped at the end of the Wednesday or beginning of the Wednesday live show. Um, but uh, in 2022, there is a full second show coming. Um, so when that comes about, I'd like to see a new set of titles, honestly, because there's people that are just not getting utilised that should be like Lance Archer, like Ethan Page, um, maybe some of the Dark Order as well, you know. Uh, and they've got so many tag teams that two sets of tag team titles cannot hurt. It's not going to devalue uh, the division having two sets do you know what i mean uh because there's just so many tag teams there compared to other brands so um but speaking of tag teams this was a tag match let's bring it back to this match patrick what were your thoughts on this sting and darby allen versus scorpio's got anything page match same as you tom like when when he took the shirt off and and did the scorpion splash from from the from top of the uh of the poker chips i was just like yes he he still got it he completely still got it they were so didn't he you still yeah yeah and he still got it like we we talked about it before like look at undertaker how he's limping around He, he needs to be dragged around in a wheelchair almost after the matches you know and he's just a mess and then you see this guy uh, just completely fit i would say he's fit he also he didn't overdo things he did everything that was like within his range that was just great um yeah but but also like coming back to the other ones like ethan page and scorpius guy really great team i have to say now after this match i have to say really good yeah great team uh, uh like it feels in the beginning like uh what kind of team are they like uh, just randomly put together but their wrestling styles and and the chemistry fits um well let's see how this turns out to be like for me it was the first time that i was exposed to them really as a team in the ring because i'm not also watching dark dark elevation um and also darby he was showing proper wrestling like he did some grappling moves he did that's what jack said on that yeah wrestling moves and everything that was great like where was this Darby the last three months you know where was this Darby I missed him <laughs> can this Darby please come back can we turn the clock back because then he would have had a hell of a TNT title run um, uh, but, you know you know, we're probably in the minority and not liking that title run a few people see, he seems to be quite yeah it doesn't seem to be as many on Reddit I get so many downvotes on Reddit you know when I when I tell the truth when I tell the truth and show the mirror man no, they just want to live in a bubble. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like, it's, yeah. But this this match was good. I also, like, I think that also was also the second, the second least uh, 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 looking forward to match I had after the Ogogo versus Cody match. Um, I mean, I was looking was good. forward to the Ogogo versus Cody match because I was just looking forward to Cody to Ogogo just crippling Cody in the middle of the ring, but it didn't happen. So, <laughs> yeah. Didn't happen, yeah. unfortunately. But yeah, <laughs> but this match was also surprisingly good. I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, Sting's crowd reaction and and interaction with the crowd is so important. Really, it's just just a key factor when you have such a legend with him that has so much uh, experience with this. Um, yeah, and I like the finish that the Sting uh, Scorpion Death Drop came. I was like, wow, out of nowhere. Also, he just blocked off uh, 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 the uh, uh, the cutter from from Scorpio Sky the Sky yeah, Cutter or whatever, so and then died the block was also really good i was like wow that was cool and then directly scorpion death drop one two three that was just a perfect finish so i'm looking forward to these matches at some point or a sunset flip or something i remember seeing sting doing this match as well just 
really yeah, he did impressive. A, yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking for a second he was doing a Canadian Destroyer because when fucking Ricky Morton can do that, then... <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, he's close to one, isn't it? But yeah. Yeah, no, um, but it was great, really. Very, very good. Uh, it's, yeah. it's just, yeah. Um, what Just what you were saying about The Undertaker, the only, what we'll say in his defense is that this was a tag match and it's obviously a lot easier for um, a guy of Sting's age to work a tag match. Although if he could do this sort of thing in a singles match, then... You know, it's it's a shame, isn't it? Because we all wanted, when Sting was in WWE, we all wanted the Sting versus Undertaker match. Why didn't they give us Sting versus Taker? I, I have no idea. Because, you know, maybe even now Sting could, you know, wrestle a match with the Undertaker, even with the, the Undertaker in the condition he's in. And even if they couldn't wrestle a proper match, we have cinematic matches now, do you know what I mean? Undertaker had a really good cinematic match with AJ Styles. I mean, I thought it was a little bit overrated, but uh, regardless, um, you know, a good match. And, you know, and that would be perfect for someone like Sting with them doing, like, you know, the Crows shit with, like, you know, maybe just re- a really creepy cinematic match. Um, so it's it's just a shame we never got that. But, you know, I'm happy for him sticking in AEW. I don't want to lose an asset like Sting's. I won't wish an Undertaker match because we're never going to see The Undertaker on AEW. So I won't wish for an Undertaker match because uh, that'll be wishing away the icon from AEW. But, yeah, a lot of fun, this match. Lots and lots of fun. Next up, we had the big one. Well, one of the two big ones. Quite, uh, I think quite a few people surprised this wasn't last. Um, it wasn't the main event, but it was the yeah, AEW me too. World... Yeah, the AEW World Title three-way match between Kenny Omega, Pac, and Orange Cassidy. I'm just going to go straight in uh, for Patrick. You seem eager to talk, so let's let's have a chat about it. Yeah, please. That that was also... Um, I, I have to be honest about it. I wasn't looking so much forward to it because I was just like, ah, Kenny's going to win anyway in the end. And yeah. Um, yeah, I was a little critical because it, it was just a match where it was clear that there was no title change. But what they made out of it in the end, come on, like it was so close to it. Like a few times with Orange Cassidy, the crowd oh, was yeah. also buying it completely. Um, Pac was doing some moves where... Sorry, where I was just like, what is he doing? Where, where did that come from? Like, he's just from another planet. And the chemistry was great. And also how they fit the different characters in it. Like, like everyone was working together good, but was still doing their own character stuff. Especially when Orange Cassidy came in out of nowhere, rolled uh, or threw not roll through, pack out of the ring just to get the cover out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. There was such yeah. an Orange Cassidy move, what, what you're expecting. And then building this up, Superman punch after Superman punch, and then Don Callis coming in, dragging the referee out, and then what I, I, I loved I a lot. It was just, I was like, I was like he's, Don's going to pull the ref. Yeah, because you hear it yeah. one minute before, you just heard like, oh shit, I got to go. Yeah, That's, that's <laughs> the thing you heard. And I was like, okay, now we're going to see him. And then what happened like 30 seconds later or so, that's also what I missed so much, the whole crowd standing fuck you done fuck you done yeah so good and you could see him like a little bit in the back from the camera angle where you could see him he was like turning out what did i do everything was fine and then the finish was just also great so um 
Yeah, I'm gonna call my my heel moment of the night because I'm so pumped right now. That was the heel moment of the night when Kenny was just sitting uh, there, like uh, Pac was in uh, was holding uh, 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 Orange Cassidy in the in in the submission move. I don't know the name of it anymore. Please correct me if you know it. Where Kenny also tapped out. He was just holding him there. He, Kenny was stumping on it on Pac's head, and he wouldn't leave the hold. And then he was just like, "What do I do? What am I gonna do? Uh, I'm just gonna." Uh, elbow dropped the referee and then that was just great really that was just like out of nowhere and uh yeah it was just just a great finish to the whole match and it didn't make uh, either pack or orange cassidy look weak in the end they're still on top of the game um yeah it was just just a great match really just i, I said it so often we said it so often but just a great match god damn it Do we even have a heel of the year award for our? Um, I'm not sure we do for our uh, for our award. We might have to add one because with the heel work that all of the super elite pretty much doing, Don Callis, uh, yeah, Kenny Omega, yeah. Young Bucks, we got a lot of contenders for biggest asshole of the year. Um, yeah, Don no, Callis was, is definitely number one <laughs> right now. <laughs> this was great stuff. I loved when um, were they up on the top rope and Orange Cassidy like put his hands in his pockets to avoid avoid taking the bump, taking the move, and the crowd were like, oh, yeah, you know, obviously we've seen them, we've seen variations on that before, but I just love this, he puts it in his pockets and he can't, you know, you can't get the move in on him, um, great stuff, yeah, just reiterating what you said to finish, here's the thing, for me, for a little bit in the middle, it felt a little bit aimless and like it was dragging, but I might attribute to that to the fact that at this point, it was about 4.15, 4.30 in the morning and I was cream crackered so I am going to go back and watch this from a more analytical point of view because I've been seeing this get so much praise um, and I don't want to go on cage match and rate it a 9 and bring the, because it is above a 9 at the moment and bring the rating down a little bit when it deserves to be closer to a 10, do you know what I mean? So, um, Jack give me your uh, opinion on this match Yeah, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it love all these wrestlers um well you would you kenny thunder i can just forgot you had that consider <laughs> my shoulder nice you got one as well yeah yeah <laughs> nice three of us nice <laughs> there we go so i'll tell you what actually i'll put my water bottle him so he's in the conversation whilst we're talking about him um yeah loved it <laughs> this guy was fucking you know awesome yeah. as People always can't see you pointing at your funko i pop. know but i'm just okay i'm pointing to my kenny omega funko pop um Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's in for New Japan. Um, but, yes, no, awesome match. Um, we could talk about, you know, how good it was all night. But I think the main person who needs all the praise in this match and deserves it more than anyone is unfortunately not you, Kenny. So I'm going to take you from the bottle now. Um, because you're, you weren't my highlight of this match. My highlight of this match was, of course, that man, Orange Cassidy. Wow. Just wow. We, every time... You know, people underrate and underestimate him or underrate him or you know what I mean. He just pulls out a bag. People forget that, you know, he is a really fucking good gimmick wrestler, but he also can go and he's really oh, yeah, good. He was like Fire Ant, I think it was. I think I say this every time we talk about how good Orange Cassidy is as a wrestler, but um, Fire Ant as part of the, the what are they called the colony in, uh, in Shikara. Um, he's, you know, and he fits perfectly into... Obviously, doing that Shikara, that PWG, he fits very much into that style. He wrestles very much that style that AEW is their kind of signature style. Do you know what I mean? Aside, so aside from his um, 
his gimmick stuff, his comedy stuff, he can he has the the exact kind of training and style to fit the kind of Pennsylvania lucha style or whatever to fit perfectly into you know a match and and click with anyone pretty much uh, you know all the big hitters of the of the AEW roster for sure. Yeah, I agree. And um, no, this is I th- I think this match um, and you know. Maybe incorrect in saying here, but I, I believe so. This was a tester can O C main event, a pay per view. Can he can he seriously be, you know, a title, you know, and a, a world title contender? And I think this match proved it, if anything, you know. And one of the things that I think a lot of people and going back to him being, you know, this gimmick wrestler, one of the doubts people had was, you know, okay. <sighs> okay, he, he he can wrestle seriously, but like how much how much of it can can he still wrestle seriously and keep up the gimmick, or will he if he ends up wrestling seriously, will it lose that gimmick and then will it lose the charm? He's really good at applying both and keeping it in the match and keeping what makes everyone love Orange Cassidy so much. He's he's everyone's favourite. Everyone loves to see him. Um, and yeah, this was just did him so well. So many times I thought he could actually do it. Um, and yeah, it just it makes me think now I really want to see Orange Cassidy as well, champ. But before I sign off for this segment here, I also think credit to Pack as well because this may have come across as the Kenny and OC show from what I've just said there. But Pack as well also plays part. Really fucking great. Um, really good. And I have no doubt in my mind that he will also be world champ one day. That was just a sneak preview of seeing the current champ and two future champs in my eyes. No, no. When when I think that pass will collide again, um, I'd love to see like a rematch of this in the future at some point when maybe another one of them is a title holder. Um, but yeah, no, really good, really enjoyable pay per view, and just really nice that you know, I know obviously it was never going to happen again, but obviously the damper that had on Revolution for Kenny and Mox's match where it went wrong is nice to obviously now go and have a absolutely perfect in my eyes Kenny Omega main event again. Well, this wasn't the main event. We have a match it, to talk about after this. It was the, it was the, yeah, you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, yeah. really fucking uh, good. But yeah, I agree with what you said about um, Orange Cassidy should be a future title holder. Here's the thing, I, I have, and this isn't, I've said this to you before, and this isn't a knock on his gimmick, and I'm not one of these people that say the gimmick's going to get stale. Like I'm with you, every, every, uh, every faith in him that he can strike that balance perfectly. That's what I've seen so far. However, I do think if he wins the title ever when he wins the title hopefully because i think he definitely should it sh- he they, he shouldn't keep it for very long and this is just my opinion i think it should be one of those moments like when mankind won the wf championship or when grado won the icw championship one of those kind of anomalies that the crowd goes absolutely fucking mental for do you know what i mean i think it should be one of those and i don't think he should have a long reign because i think i think if there's Anything that could, anything at all that could make OC's gimmick stale, the only possible thing would be a repetitive uh, world title run. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I, I, yeah, and I'm not even against him becoming a two-time holder or something, but I just think that first title reign, it sh- I just don't think it should be a, a, a long one. I think it should be in the same, like I said, in the same kind of sense that Mick Foley, so old mankind, had, had was world champion. Um, cause I don't want to see happen to him, what happened to Darby Allen. And I, I am just, 
I'm concerned because AEW seem kind of averse to short title reigns. They seem to be the long title reign place, you know, and I don't, I feel like they feel like they have to give a long title reign to everybody when not everybody needs a long title reign for, to tell the story that, you know, they, they need to, but for a guy like OC, you know, it, winning the title that's the winning of the title is the peak do you know what I mean it, not not all the moments that come during a title reign for maybe a, a, a more long term guy like Kenny where you can have those iconic moments over and over I think the winning of the title is the peak for a guy like OC um, so yeah that's what I'd like to see I don't know how I'd, lo- I'd love to um, chip in there Tom and just um, for, for podcast sake talk about you know previous champs and their reigns because I've actually got a list and I've just pulled it up here um, to see, you know, and I won't obviously go through every single one, but I'll go through a couple of the longest ones and a couple of the shortest ones. So obviously longest one being Hikaru Shida, 372 days that was. Um, the next longest was John Moxley, 277 days. And then just Which under that was, um, no, Kenny Where Omega and Adam, Age, anyway. Adam Page, sorry. Oh. 228 days oh, and then so they're the top three longest the shortest ones which you know you're saying obviously long title reigns and obviously these were in different kind of I guess circumstances but um, yeah. shortest um, ever Cody uh, when he lost it to Darby Allen he that was 31 days the next shortest was, that one's that one's ex- that one's kind of expected because he had to take the title off Brody Lee yeah, for yeah. Reasons, and, so. and that, that's it there so Brody Lee 46 days um, so and Brody if, Lee obviously also lost it because reasons. Yeah. So then, if you if you take you don't count those two. If you don't count them two, then um, but actually going back to that. Oh no, sorry, you you are correct there. Sorry. Um, and then yeah, the only of one that I say there probably wasn't a reason was FTR sixty three days, um, which was yeah. if you take out obviously the Cody and Brody Lee, which was exception. Um, and then just before that, if we if we are going to you know take out them two, uh, SCU eighty three days. Yeah. So, so they're, they're the, no, they're think, the short ones. You can re- yeah, I don't think you can really count Cody's second reign or Brody's reign as. Nah, so, so the like two, they, yeah. they, that, they, you know, they were unpl- uh, uh, You know, they needed Cody to take it off Brody quickly. They needed Brody to lose it quickly, and so you know the yeah, existence of, of Cody's second reign and Brody. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, so short, shortest is FTR, um, which is a shame, but I'm sure they'll be champs again someday. But that's well. That's positive for me because FTR's uh, title run wasn't what I had hoped it would be, and it was getting a bit stale and very quickly, and just it was a bit of an uninspired. But they could run, definitely so. be the first one to get a second reign, and couldn't they out of everyone? Because sure, I think they could the take pinnacle, it off Bucks. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we've got off track a bit, so let's get back to double or nothing. Yeah, solid match. I think we've spoken enough about that one so let's get on to the main event which was stadium stampede which was the pinnacle as you were just talking about versus the inner circle um i'll start talking about this one uh yeah i really excited for this one i was wondering if they were going to make it a bit more of a serious one because that's how they were selling it uh with mjf kind of saying it's not going to be like you know, it's 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 not going to be like last time where it was all fun and games. And they quickly dispelled the notion of that when they repelled, I think is the word, in or like abseiled in the inner circle. Um, you know, MJF pulled up in his limo. He couldn't couldn't find him anywhere. And then, oh, fuck me. They're, they're coming from the sky. Um, and they kind of abseiled down the stadium. Um, yeah, uh, what an entrance. And then they kind of... Uh, MJF of course set them up because they surrounded the the limo and then uh, 
then the rest of the pinnacle uh, came in FTR's truck, which apparently... Who pinched that from them? Was it... Um, someone stole that truck from them. <laughs> and they've got... Was it Best Friends? I think it was Best Friends, wasn't it? And they've got it back now, apparently. I don't remember when that happened, but... Um, yeah. No, I mean, probably too much to talk about here, but this is the thing. These kind of matches, these are the ones, when I'm not taking notes, they still stand out, you know? Um, and that's what's exciting. Obviously, there's a ring set up in the, uh, in the stadium, but that wasn't where it finished, uh, which was the correct decision, I feel. Um, a lot of people think it was a bit of an odd decision to have the main event as one where the crowd weren't watching them for most of it, but... I also think finishing the night with Judas, spoiler alert, the Inner Circle did win, uh, finishing the night with a Judas sing-along was also the, the correct choice overall. Um, but yeah, a couple of highlights. Conan made an appearance when uh, they went into the bar and uh, he was the DJ. Just some, I just, I really like these matches, these Stadium Stampede matches, man. They're mad. Um, I really, really fucking like the bit where... Uh, was it Sammy was looking for Sean Spears and he was in the chair room, the chairman was. Um, and yeah, in the room full of chairs, like, because of course he was. Uh, and then they had that stuff going down in the storage room and just that, that was probably my favourite face-off of the night and that actually felt more intense than the Jericho MGF stuff. And that's saying a lot because Jericho put MGF through a pane of glass. So um, the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach made an appearance, which... Um, I suppose is a, was was a very big shocker for people who follow American football because that would be like the you know the equivalent of Jurgen Klopp or uh, or whoever appearing in uh, appearing in a in a in a match you know here so uh, yeah no it, great good, just just good stuff like I said there's there's too much for me to talk about um, I have one minor criticism but I want to get everyone else out of the way first so let's come to you Patrick yeah. I also loved that match a lot. It was uh, really nicely done, like with these different uh, uh, um, segments, I would tell that, like with these different uh, uh, pairs which were fighting, that was nicely done. Uh, I actually got some uh, notes from the media call after it, so maybe some interesting info for you. They re pre-recorded uh, most of the matches Uh, four days before or over time span of four days before the event and their aim was it to make it look like more uh, finding scenes from an action film and they actually had uh, the stunt coordinator or one of the stunt coordinators from the John Wick films with them to make awesome. it a little more cinematic that's really nice and Tony Khan also said that it won't be the last st stadium stampede ma match we have seen so last year it was a necessary match kind of because it was like really amidst the, the first wave of the pandemic now i was also a bit like yeah, okay let's see if it can top it because last year there was definitely the most outstanding match for me of the year but yeah, yeah they made it good again like i said they had these nice pairs together like you said uh, conan he actually put on the old um lax theme as a song as the dj when oh, they were fighting they were yes they, yeah, they threw yes I yes was, that was, was so Jack. nice Jack uh, wasn't aware of the history, so I was just saying about. I, I, was, I remember I was quickly running him through, like the match was still going on, so I was I was doing my very fast paced talk, and I was like, I was like, so when you know when uh, Santana Ortiz debuted in AEW, they were part of LAX, but then you know I was like, Conan was part yeah. of LAX. <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, 
That was really good. Like it was nice so much. Also, that the companies are working now together, so it's really nice that they're referring to this and having these references. And uh, also nice that they, uh, yeah, did this with the matches, like like having these different couples, but then ended up really in the ring, in the arena with all the people. That was just really cool. Um, how they pulled that together, put all the strings together in the end. And what was really, again, like so heartwarming and, you know, Sammy came in with the golf cart, hit Sean Spears, got into yeah. the ring, made the pin. He was the biggest loser of last year and this year he's the winner. So I saw it's nice, this shifting. Him. Yeah. yeah. I saw him getting in a and chasing Sean. I saw the spot coming a mile off, like for half the match, but I was like, I couldn't, I, I still popped so hard when, uh, when it happened and yeah so nice for Sammy not only because he was the guy that got hit with the one-winged angel for the loss last year but also because um he was the one that submitted in uh in blood and guts he was the one that was concerned for Chris Jericho and I mean they all yeah. were but yeah. most vocal at the button with the camera on was Sammy saying we submit we submit you know he was the the mouthpiece really just then we were talking about the Conan segments my one small criticism was that um they the thing where they got in the elevator and then that was the last we saw of them i thought there was more to come of that like i thought they were going to do a spot where they went up or down in the elevator and then they cut to like another floor and then they came out and they were still like the doors open they were still fighting inside it or maybe even they stopped fighting in the elevator just to wait until they go up or something yeah just a segment like they're in the the elevator fighting and then there's this elevator music yeah yeah i was just i was waiting looking at the watch but they just, okay, and then the elevator door opens, sorry, and then they're fighting again. This would have yeah, been yeah. so cool because this whole match is a comical relief. It's it's not definitely not one hundred percent serious, which you also sorry, but you saw that also with the with the club or disco they were in, which was funny. Somebody uh, pointed that out also on Reddit already with a meme. It looked like when they were standing at the bar, uh, Tully Blanchard and FTR, they looked kind of gay. Like there's nothing against <laughs> gay people, but they just looked super gay, like right, how they were fabric. standing there. That was yeah. kind of funny also with the with the pink uh, uh, light on them and how they were standing at the bar. With it, it was just. Funny. Maybe it was just also an homage to the 80s, like also gay bars back then, like yeah. this this whole Miami, Florida feeling they had. Then you, you know a lot maybe when you played uh, GTA Vice City about this this flair and this feeling that it had a little bit this vibe. And they were in Florida in the end, so... Yeah. We'd like to so say the- weekly AW News Kick is fully supportive of Pride Month and we'll be releasing Pride merch. <laughs> <laughs> just because you're I'm already, already afraid open. because I'm, I'm pointing out that it looked gay. It can, some, something can look gay without judging <laughs> that gay is bad or so. It's just like when you're having yeah, clothes, Jack, which you know, look definitely Patrick- like a homosexual would wear it. When pa- <laughs> okay, I was on your side until then. <laughs> One thing that did make me laugh about that segment was there was a guy that, like, was they, they'd obviously got these extras or something to, like, pretend to drink or eat or you know, having a, you know, a meal or something in this bar. There was one guy who, even after, like, three or four, like, pedestrians if you will got absolutely wasted in the melee he was still yeah, sat there like chatting and smiling like yeah. he was still acting like nothing was going on i was like i thought that was so funny like i don't yeah. think it's intentional i don't think yeah. it's intentional but it was so funny and also i was saying to jack i was like who are these people that have come out for a meal in a in a in a pop-up nightclub at the jacksonville jaguars stadium during a wrestling event i was like it was hey, honey i've got tickets for a hot day like why are you here why are you in this place what's the backstory here another point that this might be a gay club there were only men 
in that club. Yes. That was also so funny. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, right. It's Pride yeah. Month, come on. <laughs> it's Pride Month, let's celebrate. But yeah, all in all, pretty much said everything I have to say. Let's throw it over to our, our what was it we were calling you? Gimmick Griffin? Gimmick, Gif- Gimmick Griffin, yes. You can't even um, pronounce your own surname. There you go. Go on. What, what do you think about this match? What do I think of this match? I thought it was I thought it was very, very good. I didn't think it was as good as last year's. I have to be honest. I preferred no. last year's one. I think the uniqueness of it last year um, and, you know, the really creative spots, especially uh, one that we were very complimentative of in our awards show when we reviewed it again or talked about it again, was the Matt Hardy um, changing Lincoln, versions of Matt. Yeah, yeah. In, I thought that was, you know, really cool. Um, and I think, I think when I'm looking back on it, I'll have more memorable moments to speak of from the last one last year than this one. That's not to say there weren't memorable moments as we just discussed one of the best ones in the nightclub there. I just think the first one had more. That being said, last year's one wasn't really too much of a hatred feud as much as this one. So therefore I think they could, they, they wanted to have a bit more fun with it because because of that, really. Um, whereas this one was a hatred and it was just like, we want to kill you, basically. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think maybe that maybe that kind of was is, um, is the reason why. But I, that being said, really, really enjoyed it. I always enjoy these. I always enjoy gimmick matches because it's a really good way to show your creativity. And um, not that you can't norm matches, but it's just, it you know, it lends itself to it really, really easily. Um, and yeah, it was just... Really cool. Um, yeah, was was a bit disappointed like you guys where you know a couple of the guys just disappeared and they didn't yeah. you know didn't even mention or whatever or it would have been nice if everyone ended up in the arena. Um, did Tully get stabbed in the head at one point? <laughs> like I'm gonna I'm gonna do you like I did your boy because they uh, stabbed Axe with the yeah. broken wood and then yeah. yeah. Um, but now the end was really good and the finish was absolutely perfect. Um, but I mean. We we said we said we'd be disappointed either way, and I think you know the result was right in the end. As much as I would have liked to have seen the pinnacle win for the dominance, I wouldn't I have liked to disappointed. see. Huh? I never said I'd be disappointed at this. So we'd be disappointed either way. I was never. Yeah, no, no, but if because if the pinnacle, well, I mean, obviously, if the innocent. If the oh, pinnacle, I see what you mean. Storyline wise, yeah, the pinnacle need. Well, the yeah, the pinnacle. But I don't. I don't. People say they need. Yeah. What I was going to say is I, I think the result was right purely because obviously the pinnacle won the inner circle, which would not have been the right thing. Um, but with this way, the pinnacle can always just say we lo- like we lost the gimmick match. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was it wasn't you know any so there's ways that obviously they can keep themselves being the top top faction um, and just blame it on you know the I mean it last year obviously you know the elite beat the inner circle, the inner circle still if anything stayed more relevant. This year, you know, or you know what I mean. They, they, they yeah. didn't. It's expect. their match now. It kind of feels yeah, like. exactly. It's there, and like the next one will be in a circle versus whoever. Because um, I feel like, yeah, I feel like it is their match. I think you're right there, um, in a sense that, like, you know, which is not to say that there will never be a stadium stampede between two uh, teams that aren't the elite. It's kind of like how Hell in a Cell is the Undertaker's match. Yeah, like, there's there's been a lot of matches that don't feed a lot of Hell in a Cell matches that do not feature the Undertaker however mm. he's still been in the most of them it's still you know it's still exactly associated think... with him so yeah yeah so apart from that 
no, I really enjoyed it. The M- and like I said, the M was right. And Sammy, you know, getting the win was just beautiful. Um, really touching moment seeing on Twitter him um, hugging his girlfriend after or his wife, fiance. I'm not too sure there. But anyway, hugging after match saying you were there when there was only like four people in the crowd. And now, you know, there was X amount of people in this one or whatever. And it's just really nice because, you know, they've been on a journey together. And she's featured in Sammy's vlog. She seems really nice. So Sammy's such a nice guy. Honestly. I've, 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 I find it so weird saying this when he debuted and I was like, dude, this guy has the most punchable face I have ever <laughs> fucking seen in my life. Like, I was like, Are you sure, it. Matt Riddle? <laughs> yeah, no, no, he's got a more punchable face than Matt Riddle for sure. Really? Just, yeah, do you not remember how, how just, anyway. Um, and then, you know, there were some unfortunate comments that surfaced that he made in his youth about Sasha Banks and they had a talk about it. So, the, you know, um, and it's some people were saying, oh, like, but in the wake of that, I remember someone posted saying, like, you know, say what you will about Sammy, but he uh, saved my daughter's life, she said. I remember she put a post mm. out on Twitter or on Reddit as well. And um, so, I don't know, he found out that this kid was, like, suicidal or something and then just, like, talked her through it and, like, you know, um, stayed friends and, like, kept in touch and stuff and, like, took time out of his day to, like, you know, all the time to check on her and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, he's just... He... And what everyone says, he just is such a nice, genuine guy. Yeah, and, and it comes and, across. And, you know, it is just... It, he does take a beating a lot. Like, oh. he is the... Like, even at the Matt Hardy match, we were sure that he was... Because, you know, he... Matt Hardy beat him... Did Matt... He, Matt Hardy beat him twice, didn't he? he yeah, him, yeah. Uh, so we th- we're thinking, well, Sammy's got to win one of these. Do you know what I mean? So, um, but no, he got crushed by this kind of aging guy you know a, a older talent and uh obviously he's taking the pins he was taking the pins in those elite matches and you know just nice to see him see him thrive and i hope he does thrive as a singles competitor while remaining in the inner circle why can't we have the best of both worlds you know <laughs> like everyone's acting like the inner circle have to break up for him to have this amazing singles run why why can't they just support their boy do you know what i mean that's what i want to see but yeah, no, um, great match. Finishing with them with the the rendition of Judas in the ring with uh, with the crowd. It was it was great stuff. And that brings us to the end of end of our show. Uh, we've already had Patrick's heel moment of the week, so I'll go around and ask you what your match of the night was, Patrick. What was your match of the night? That's not so easy, to be honest, because there were a lot, lot of great matches. So I was talking to Jack about it before, and I made my decision already. It's uh, the opening match. It's Brian Cage versus Hangman Page for me, personally. Yeah. Jack? Yeah, um, it's going to be a, a decider for you, Tom. I'm going to go with um, Miguel Britt Baker, because it's just a, it was the one that I found myself most hyped for, and... Um, most you know celebrative is that word celebrative um celebrative yeah basically i i I loved it and yeah i was most passionate about it and the result so that's that's for me match of night well it's not going to be a decider for me because i'm going to go for a different one um which is i mean and again not the best in ring action or whatever but i just i just feel for that ending and for everything it represented having the crowd back that the stadium stampede match for me just 
because of how it ended with, you know, like I said, with Sammy getting the win in front of the crowd and then everyone singing Judas together. And it was just it embodied everything I wanted about fans being back was the ending of that match and the closing to the show. So, you know, we have a three-way tie. So, and, I, and do you know what? I'm happy for a three-way tie because that shows how good this pay-per-view was mm-hmm. that, you know, as Patrick said, you can, and I'm, and I think if there was ever a pay-per-view in recent memory where you, you shouldn't be able to pick a match of the night because it was just so good throughout as this one. I genuinely think this is, um, a good contender for show of the year from any promotion. And, you know, I'm sure fans being back played a big part in that. I mean, definitely did, but, you know, credit. Oh, we forgot. We forgot to mention one thing from the show is uh, Mark Henry's debut. What do we all think about yeah. Mark Henry's debut? <laughs> Let's uh, sl- slide into that quick. Let's do a little rewind. Yeah, um, I'll come to Patrick first because he was the first to speak up there. Yes, yes, democracy. <laughs> no, thank you. Now, I was genuinely very surprised and very happy. I'm a. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm I'm a huge Mark Henry fan, but I like him a lot. I like you're not a Mark, especially no, not a Mark for Mark, but I liked him always a lot, and especially his last uh, run in WWE, where like that's most tiring. Yeah, just to attack John Cena. Cena. Great. That was for me the moment where I was like, Jesus Christ, I love him. But there were other moments like I, I like the. Of course, he's still on camera, but a little more private was on on Swerved, where you could see and and hear a lot about him, like how how. kind of like a like a goofy and funny person he is always making jokes and on swerved i think like two or three times he does pranks on his wife who hates it but <laughs> he's just he's just so funny and such a great guy and then um yeah and then it, it's just another showcase of how wwe are treating people if they still genuinely are interested interested into the scene, into wrestling, into the industry, if they want to commit something to it after their uh, career. And he seemed to didn't get the chance and he wants to do something with it. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, really. Yeah, um, I heard, correct me if I'm wrong, and I think it was directly from him, to be honest, not directly to me. I'm not on personal (laughs) speaking terms with Mark Henry, but I think it's something he put out there into the world that he was kind of done with WWE the minute that the kind of the the ref's hand came down for the three in the Brock versus Kofi match where he just fucking destroyed him in like 10 seconds after his kind of um, title reign. Um, Apparently that really rubbed Mark the wrong way. He was like, no, fuck this shit, I'm out. Um, So... And do you know what? It really kind of speaks to me for those wrestlers where it's not about the money and it's more about the 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 business and the passion for the business. And obviously, Mox is a good example where it was it was his own treatment that made him say, "Nah, fuck this." But there are Mark's one of those examples where it's you know he he wants the best for other people, and when he sees other people aren't being treated the the right way, um, it reminds me of CM Punk. One of the factors in CM Punk quitting was that Daniel Bryan originally was not being considered for that WrestleMania 30 main event, um, and they were going to go. I mean, obviously the fans made it impossible for them to leave him out in the end, but they were originally, and they doubled down for quite a while on just Batista versus Randy Orton for the for the WrestleMania 30 main event with no. Uh, Daniel Bryan in whatsoever and, and Punk was like no that's bullshit that he's not you know this guy of all fucking people because this was that you know that was still the plan after that that Wyatt family bit where 
Brian was on top of the cage and the crowd were just going mental with him and it's just they were so stubborn about it and yeah and and then with just Kofi Mania getting destroyed in 10 seconds or whatever it was then you know Mark Henry was very much the same um obviously you're seeing the same fucking stands for WWE on Twitter saying oh fucking AEW's WWE retirement home all right well slow your roll bucko because one he's not fucking wrestling he's going to be a you know a, a behind the scenes and maybe an analyst you know um but he might be doing some commentary who knows but also um dude like they're saying oh they're signing everyone from WWE I challenge you like 90% of North American talent are going to have been through WWE at some point like they sign fucking everybody you know so like even the people you don't associate with WWE now have been in WWE at some point and we forget that Lance Archer was in WWE for a while um uh, Trent was in WWE for a while. Uh, fucking Christopher Daniels, Frank, Frankie Kazarian were also in WWE for a short time. So was Christopher Daniels? I mean, I know Kazarian was, yeah. was on Velocity a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Christopher Daniels was in the nineties, actually. See, there you go. Like, these are the things I don't even even me like so many people have been through WWE that you don't even and you could like and, and the ones that have jobbed like was it Matt or Nick I can't remember I think it was Matt that jobbed both of them Matt Jackson oh, they both, both of them both jobbed actually yeah jobbed on Smackdown or whatever so and, uh, yeah and 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 uh, uh, um, Johnny Hungy and developmental for, for yeah and Johnny Hungy and and uh, what was his partner's name he was again three uh, times uh, Alex yeah Reynolds. they were Alex Reynolds, yeah, they, they were together. Like, even with their, I think their ring, in-ring names they have now. So, the thing is, like, you're pointing it out very good. Who hasn't been in WWE yeah. at some point of time yeah, if you're so in the it's, industry? It's an absolute ridiculous argument to say, oh, it's definitely just, they're taking, you know, people from WWE. I think the difference, i tell you what the difference is, why they're not TNA 2.0. And it's a very important difference. Anyone say it's, it's it doesn't matter and it's an irrelevant difference. It's just being a fucking mark. Like, they they're taking people who are choose for the most part okay for the most part they're taking people who are choosing to jump ship to them like pack wanted to leave wwe he saw out his contract you know and they were they were there was the whole contract issue with him you know he wanted i'm pretty sure he wanted to leave but well, he did he wanted to leave and did leave before AEW was even a thing because he went to dragon gate um you know and and was the top chat open the dream gate i think it is champion over there so yeah. like um you know Brody Lee was very critical even though he was one that was released he didn't ask for his release I think he was released but yep. he he was very critical leading up to his release that he wanted to leave he was very vocal about he wanted to leave FTR were very vocal about wanting to leave and to the point where they put the ta tag titles on them to try and keep them you know um, John Moxley said I'm done with this shit I don't want to get injections in my ass anymore this is the thing they're not signing fucking Brodus Clay who just got fired do you know what I mean it's and I if you can't see the difference then I can't help you do you know what I mean um but I digress. Jack, thoughts on Mark Henry? Because, I mean, you were very excited when we were watching it. You were like, oh, so was I. I was very surprised. Yeah, I mean, not too much to add, but mainly I was excited because a lot of the time it's a lot of independent wrestlers um, or uh, like quite a lot of people that I don't know as much, which I'm always excited to learn about new people. But obviously this was one where I was like, I know Mark Henry. I've, I've, <laughs> hey, I know that guy. <laughs> I, I've, I've played with him on like WWE video games and stuff, so it's really cool, really cool. Looking forward to seeing what he brings. Some Somebody going to get there head kicked or whatever his lyrics were somebody gonna get their face fucked I don't know the lyrics um, 
<laughs> That'll have to be the new ones now they can't use the old music. It'll have to be somebody <laughs> going to get their face fucked. Um, uh, no. Uh, yeah, no. Closing thoughts on the show. Actually, there's one thing I wanted to add, which was I find it funny you mentioned, Patrick, in the post, uh, post-show media scrum that uh, Tony Khan talked about um, how they'd film stuff four days in advance. It's quite funny to me how he breaks kayfabe in a situation like that but keeps it when things haven't gone well like in the revolution thing with the fire with the fireworks the sparkles he goes i know what you wanted like kenny omega built the ring do you know what i mean it's like it's like he he keeps kayfabe when he needs to and then breaks it when he doesn't so i don't know how to feel about that but it's funny either way um and also just just to just to build on that with them saying it, it was four days in advance how did they do it with did mgf blade the same spot twice because that's pretty brutal because obviously he he was bleeding backstage from that point in his head in the backstage segments and then obviously he was still bleeding when he came out um uh, in front of the live crowd so did he reopen his cut and if so that's pretty hard as nails because that i wouldn't i would feel a bit funny cutting myself back over at a healed a healed a scabbed over cut do you know what i mean um i don't know i hadn't really i hadn't really given much well no, actually, no, I, no, didn't I also didn't read that maybe that's also maybe uh, so maybe they did like maybe this particular fight or this last scene extra like in in this in this time where where he starts bleeding and live, then yeah. just doing this live and then he's getting over to the to the crowd or into the into the arena so maybe yeah. but it's also good that you still don't know everything that there's a little fog of war on it like so little you know disguise yeah. in it you don't know what happened there this is what i like so they they did really a good transition in this this case yeah right that was my anyway those those are my closing thoughts jack do you have anything else to say Nothing from me. Sign off. Nothing from you. Good. Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> I'm joking. Love you, Patrick. Yeah. Also for me, that was just uh, like like a big uh, big show. Maybe like this is hard to prove. Maybe arguably maybe the best AW show pay per view until now from like the quality Revolution of the whole pay per view. Revolution 2020 would be a, a hard one to beat, I think. Yeah, yeah. The, the, in Revolution 2020, there are a few matches, like I would say three, which are five star matches, like great. But there are some in between us which were little downers. But here you had the quality way up all the time. Like when you see it as a complete show yeah. with the amount of matches, maybe this was maybe the best one. I, I think that's, if you're arguing about that, that's just really top notch. So that's really the top show this year that everyone has to be not only wwe but other shows also uh, and promotions um yeah and it's just a great start to have to hopefully hopefully the post-covid era yep i'm hoping we don't have to wind it all back again but you know actually let's let's not say but let's not let's not put that energy out into the world so it's uh it's been a fun one and it's goodbye from me and uh goodbye from these two say goodbye jack Goodbye. Very nicely done. See you later, Patrick. Wiederschauen, Rangehorn. Wiederschauen, Rangehorn, indeed. <laughs>